listening to the Rational Rage Network. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. The show starts in 10. so many times with All Ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and here it is again. Take a look at this. I just want to clarify, since six years this thing has been a sanctioned match. Yeah, in front of the crowd, absolutely. Darby Allen with the deep cover, picking up an important victory here to kick off Double or Nothing weekend. Man, how can you not love Darby's game? It's inspirational, gathers it from Sting. And I think Sting gathers a lot of inspiration from Darby Allen, the strange enigma. Ethan, Ethan and Scorpio, I'm not gonna wait to get jumped from behind. Come out here right now. Let's do this tonight. Darby Allen spoiling for a fight. You'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd love that. You expect us to just come down there in our fancies and fight you for free? 
grow up. Because when we beat you on Sunday on the big stage, everyone's gonna see. Double or nothing will be the end of one legend and the beginning of two more. <laughs> we out. Coming back to do damage to, to Sting and Darby Allen. Opportunist. And remember, Scorpio Sky injured Sting a few weeks back with that heel hook. And this is right ahead of Double or Nothing. They're going to try to take him out right now. Hit a double. Look at him. He's choking him. He's raking the eyes. No. Scorpio Sky with a chair in hand. He's going to go for the ankle. Are you kidding me? Come on. How bad do you want to wrestle tomorrow night? You don't, do you? Oh, look at that. Dark Order. Dark Order. Dark Order running like scalded dogs to the ring to intervene. The numbers game got too much for Sting and Darby. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page making a hasty retreat up the ramp. Wow, Sunday night, double or nothing, finally. That's a, that's a potential pay-per-view stealing matchup. Yeah, I agree, man. It, it, Sting in a ring, Tony. Wow. It's going to bring so many great memories of you and I. All those Sting matches we called back in the day. A good look at the icon, and there they go. Boy, they are opportunists, aren't they? Sure they, are. They, they saw the, from behind what the wingmen had done. Thank goodness that we see Dark Order coming out. You know, when I was first asked about putting together a faction of my own, I was very hesitant because I don't play well with others. And then I met these guys, and it just felt right. The first time I saw a picture of us, I thought, wow, these are some badass-looking motherfuckers. Shut your mouth, Chris. I felt like we were Guns N' Roses in 1987 in the way that we looked and the way that we thought. We didn't give a damn about anybody or anything except for each other and putting on the best performances we could do night after night after night. And that hasn't changed at Stadium Stampede. We are going to do it again. It will be a war. It will be a battle. And if something goes wrong, and if we lose, we are going down in a blaze of glory. But if this is the last time we're ever in the ring together, I just want to say one thing to these guys. I love you. For Jericho and his crew. High stakes this Sunday at Double or Nothing. Yeah, just think about the career that Bravo. he is. Bravo, I mean, my God, that, that was, don't cry, don't cry, Max. That was so touching. I mean, the amount of love and passion you all have for each other, Chris, is, is absolutely incredible. You know, it really just makes me all the more excited for Stadium Stampede this Sunday. I mean, I know I'm excited. Wardlow, are you excited? How about you, Dean? What the hell? Oh, my God. Listen up, Chris! You and your boys better rush down to the stadium right now before I make the Iceman over here extra cold! Dean Malenko! It's such a big influence for Chris Jericho in his career 
And there go the inner circle. Yes. And one of one of Chris Jericho's closest friends. And Dean Malenko is, is out of wrestling. He's retired. He cannot compete any longer. And now they're running out towards the stadium here. Inner circle sprinting towards TIA Bank Field here in Jacksonville. Oh, oh, look at that, from behind, the pinnacle. Oh, oh my God. Sean Spears and FTR. Is this a trap? That's exactly what it was, JR. It is a trap. It's an ambush, Tony. It's an ambush. An ambush. Sean Spears, Wardlow, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, and MJF have just orchestrated this assault. In the stadium, prior to Stadium Stampede this Sunday. I gotta tell you, between Tully Blanchard and uh, MJF, oh, Pinnacles, they set a trap here, and it's working like a champ. The, the trap is working, and they're getting the licks in, and they're gonna have the advantage. There's no question. They're gonna have an advantage now coming up on Sunday night. Because they're trying to take them apart right now. Oh, no, look at this. Oh, my. What is the hell? Oh, oh no, 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 you can't do this. Not on the table, they'll break their neck. Oh, they cannot. Here we go. Come on, guys. Take them down. Oh, my God. Santana and Ortiz just driven through the table by FTR. Was that tables breaking or necks breaking? The snap, crackle, and pop is sick. And then we see the chairman, Sean Spears, and the leader, the rat, the most hated man. Take him down! This is a horrific, horrific. When you are in the pinnacle, you are always. On top. Sunday night. The pinnacle versus the inner circle this Sunday night live on pay-per-view. It is double or nothing. You do not want to miss it.
to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here back on the Rational Rage Network. And tonight, Pussy's not going to join us for now. I'll talk about that at a later date, but for now, he's known as Jeff Lippman, but he's also known as Evil Dose, but in this case, he's the foreign object. Welcome to the skirmish, Jeff. How are you, man? New? I, I was here lots of times. I, you guys wouldn't let me on because I, didn't, I wasn't vaccinated, and I didn't have my COVID passport. So I finally got my COVID passport. I come back and it's like, you don't even know me anymore. They know me, yes, it is I, the foreign object, with my passport, feeling like a stranger, this should be home, and it's not, and I'm feeling a little bit pissed off. I'm gonna come down under and I'm gonna kick your counterclockwise ass. <laughs> you threw me off with the, <laughs> with the vaccination, but now that you are vaccinated, you're allowed to be back on the skirmish, my friend. And, and like I said, unfortunately, you know, there's some sort of circumstance with Chris, and, and yeah, we're gonna miss him on this show, but unfortunately it is what it is, and we're gonna have to move on, man. And and you know he was great while it lasted but like i said due to circumstance he's not going to be with us and like i said i'll touch on that in the future but for now i'm just happy that you're back and uh it's official though now jeff so that's why you know what i'm saying so now it's official that you're part of the skirmish and you know what i think you're a perfect replacement anyway man so so how's things man i mean how you been i mean hammerlock hangover has been great Garden of Doom has been great. What else has yeah. been going on in Jeff Lippmann's sort of world? <laughs> well, first, I, I really don't like to think of myself as a replacement. And much love to Chris. I, you know, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure you were going to touch on it, and I'm not going to touch on it any more than than you do. All I can say is it was completely out of my control, and not and none of it was within my influence, uh, and probably not yours either. Um, but you know we have a show to do and the show must go on right. and uh, you know i was uh scheduled to be part of the rational rage network for a while and for a while some garden of doom episodes were going up and hammerlock hangover episodes were going up then they weren't and I, I didn't even know why they weren't and you know but you know it it's a new day yes it is and we it is official my epaulets came in the mail um i'm waiting for the sash and, and the hat so that's cool um but yeah, everything is good. Hammerlock Hangover continues on. Uh, we've had some really cool guests and we continue to deliver uh, what we think to be a quality product. Uh, I think a happy little mix of sort of a, a wrestling soup kind of repartee um, with a, a mix of some uh, business acumen and some interesting guests who are either involved in the legal end of things and uh, the business end of things. We've had on a uh, a fellow who just got his first uh, job as a interviewer uh, for, for a couple of indie promotions. We had on a indie promoter who they just celebrated their fifth year in business. And 25% of that was during the COVID era. So congrats. And, and it was a woman owned promotion as well. So uh, overcoming pretty much every obstacle in this business. We've had on uh, an employment lawyer to discuss the suit against Ring of Honor. And then we had on the plaintiff's attorney, Stephen P. New, to talk about his client's case. And just in case you don't know, his clients were the was the sitting Ring of Honor women's champion, Kelly Klein. And you may remember him as Joey Mercury. So um, we've had some exciting stuff on there as well. And Garden of Doom kicks along. Uh, some of my recent guests have included the host of the History of Africa podcast and Coming up, I'm having uh, in the next few weeks, Cliff Dunning from Earth Ancients. Their Facebook group alone has 42,000 members. 
Um, I've been talking to uh, Bruce Fenton out of the UK, who's a UFOologist. Um, the host of the Eastern Border podcast is coming on. I've got a holistic medicine woman coming on. So I've had some uh, uh, religious experts on from different denominations. Uh, and all I want to talk about are angels, demons, monsters. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, ch check that stuff out. Um, just dropped a show uh, today that hopefully by the time this show drops will be up and it's talking about cyber Satan. So Ooh, interesting. be afraid, but that's a, that's a lot of talk and no wrestling. Let, let's, let's talk some wrestling, man. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. I mean, we've had a busy week. I mean, I just want to get into some news. What do you think of uh, the new Japan WB rumor mill? I mean, has the real forbidden door been finally kicked down and what does this mean for AEW? I mean, all right, anyone who's listened to Hammerlock Hangover or who's listened to me on any other forums, including Unpopular Review, way back when, here, um, and any place else, I have never believed that this was a partnership. I have believed it's been a day-to-day, week-to-week thing, and that it was paper-thin at best, and that the only reason there was ever Kenta, and the only reason there was ever the second thing with Yuji Nagata, and they let them wear Bullet Club shirts and things like that, was because at some point they realized that Kenny Omega was not in fact a draw and they actually secured an upgrade when they got Moxley, who's more of a draw in the United States, North American market than Kenny Omega is by several factors. Um, so they're using AEW and AEW is probably paying the tab. New Japan is more of a partnership with Impact, but Impact is nothing. Um, yeah. The relationship between AEW and Impact was paper thin. Basically, AEW stole Don Callis. The, the only Impact people who have been on AEW included Don Callis, who's no longer with Impact. The Goof Brothers, who cares? They're the only people who suck charisma away from anybody around <laughs> them. And the only people who were on Impact TV with any regularity were promos by the Tonys. Yeah, Omega did a couple. Maybe he was on TV once or twice. I think Matt Hardy and Private Party were on once. They were, Sammy they Guevara were. declined or got himself into some trouble, but that was it. Paper thin. Nobody from Impact ever tried to invade AEW during that whole title thing. It, whole thing is a sham. Um, and just so people know how much of a failure it has been, when Kenny Omega debuted on Impact in December, they got. 220,000 viewers, which is 70,000 more than their average 2020 right, was. Right. The last time they even bothered to report ratings, which was three Thursdays ago, when Kenny Omega was on TV again, three weeks after he got the Impact Championship, 111,000 viewers. They lost 50% of the audience. But more importantly than that, they lost over 40,000 of their Impact fans from 2020, partly as a result of Impact having no respect for itself. <laughs> Great, great so, way of putting it, to be honest. They do not have any respect for themselves. So please continue on, Jeff. Yeah, the only other, I like numbers um, because numbers can prove me wrong, but they are, can also prove me right. And the paper, they haven't released pay-per-view buy rates in years, not since it was TNA and maybe the first few weeks of impact because they went from like around 50,000, they started going down, down, down. And they're like, okay, we're not talking about this anymore. So they announced about a year ago after the first uh, WWE cuts hit their non-compete time and showed up on Impact. They said, this is our best pay-per-view buy rate, you know, in six years or something like that, but no numbers. And then 
the the pay-per-view they had, I guess, about a month or so ago with, with Kenny Omega, I said, this was nine times bigger than our best pay-per-view. And everyone's like, nine times what? Because you know, if it was anything, if it was if it was 6,000 before nine times, that is 54,000. They're reporting that. Right. It, it turns out that the buy rate was around 10,000, 10, which means it was less than 10,000. So that means they get about 1,100 or less pay-per-view buys before. So they got around 10,000. Is that a one-time spike? Yes. Did they probably make some money from it? Yes, I suppose. But they, I'm sure they had to cut AEW in. And, you know, whose merch is being sold? Probably the AEW people through Pro Wrestling Tees. So anyway, whatever this is, it hasn't paid any dividends for impact. What do I think of WWE in New Japan? I think it's sort of hysterical because it's broken a lot of hearts and it's broken a lot of, I think, what do you guys call it? A wanker heart? Um, <laughs> yes. The AEW fans is what ruins AEW. I mean, it's right. a perfectly okay promotion. It's, it's, it, in some ways, it's great. Um, but the fans are intolerable because they make, they make it seem like it's like the holy grail of wrestling. So um, I think this is funny because they're talking about it being an exclusive North American partnership. Right, right. Um, so if AEW ever had a deal with New Japan, obviously it wasn't a very good deal. If Impact ever had a, a deal with New Japan, it obviously wasn't a very good deal. The, the contract was written on cray paper or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, obviously there was nothing strong because it, it this started in December. Right. You know, so this isn't even a year and they've been talking for two months. Obviously, there's no contract. There's nothing with a non-compete or non-intervention or they couldn't be talking. They'd be suing for tortious interference contracts. So right there, you know, and you know, Tony Khan would, he could impact, maybe they can't. Right. So, you know, there's no written contracts. There never was. There it is. The, the proof is in the omission of action. There would have been an injunction filed two months ago. And the problem with Tony Khan and all of his lying over the last 24 months, white lies and stronger lies is that he lies about everything and said, oh, so now he says, we have a very strong contract with New Japan. Well, no, you don't. You're lying again and nobody believes you anymore. You're the boy who cried wolf. I remember three weeks earlier, you said, we have a very strong contract with TNT and we have rights to Wednesday night and we're always gonna be on TNT Wednesday nights. That's our home. Three weeks later, we got a very good deal with TBS <laughs> and TBS is our home and we're very happy to part part of the Warner. He is an idiot. He just, he lives in the moment. He inherited his money. Everyone's like, Tony Khan can buy Vince McMahon over eight times. No, oh, Hervez Khan can, can buy him over maybe four times over if you assume that they're both liquid or he right. wanted to, but <laughs> Hervez Khan isn't an idiot. <laughs> he's, he's not going to do that. Um, so Tony Khan is a very rich man, but he didn't make any of that money himself. Uh, anyway, what do I think about it? I actually think it would be a lot of fun. I think that Triple H has been talking about NXT India, NXT Lucha, NXT Japan. Right. We know CMLL is having financial problems. We know CML cut off their relationship with Ring of Honor. We know AAA is not thrilled with uh, MLW. I have a feeling they're not so filled with uh, thrilled with Kenny Omega rarely defending that title. And I'm pretty sure they're happy to have him drop it to Andrade as soon as possible. I can see that, right. So there's also rumors that AAA is in financial trouble too, that they've made very 
poor deals for themselves as far as royalties are concerned, good for the wrestlers, not good for them. And all the wrestlers come up to the US and, you know, sell Pentagon masks and things like that. Um, so don't be surprised if WWE makes some other acquisitions too, or just takes over some territories and, and secures some debt or whatever. But no, I, I think this is, uh, could be a very interesting relationship. And everyone's like, well, you know, the book in WWE is no good. You're right. It, it generally isn't. Some of it's okay, but maybe they'll focus on their product again. I mean, right. 1.62 on Raw has got to be some sort of wake-up call, right? Well, you think after how long? I mean, let's be real here. I mean, WWE have been struggling with ratings for a long time now. And I just feel like they don't actually try to change things up. I mean, there's also rumors that, uh, that WWE is possibly up for sale. And when you think about it, you've got the... You've got the NBC Universal deal with the WB Network, right? That's already happened. Could we get NBC Universal actually buying out WB? Is that a possibility? You mean Comcast? Sure, it, right. it's certainly a possibility. But people are oh, but these rumors just come from fans who are making right. up the rumors. There's, there's been Forbes hasn't said anything. Yahoo That's Business true. hasn't said anything. Bloomberg hasn't said anything. You know, if there were serious talks, they would make it to the financial news WWE is right. a publicly traded stock so people have been talking about Disney's going to buy it WB is going to buy it this one's going to buy it that one's going to buy it Amazon's going to buy it I mean will Peacock Universal or Comca Comcast buy it because that's the parent company okay maybe I mean it makes sense but why would they be paying them a billion dollars for Raw a billion dollars right, for right. Peacock and another 300 million dollars for the next five years for nxt if they were planning to buy it i, I mean that's true uh, and if they were planning to buy it couldn't they just do it by buying outstanding stock and you know and becoming the number one investor uh, you know if anything it's going to be another five years because they have these contracts here and and that maybe is them testing the water to see how valuable it is Meanwhile, it's only for the, for domestic, which is domestic U.S. Yep. Um, WWE Network still runs in other countries, and I wouldn't be surprised if WWE sells those international rights to other vendors and, and services. Maybe even like a Netflix international gets it. Who knows? Um, you know, and then uh, and there is no more WWE Network. They let go of their entire digital department. Peacock's absorbing it all. Um, I don't know how that plays into the international if that's fallen under Kevin Dunn's umbrella because like they eliminate most of the positions most of those vice presidents and a few people were kept in there folded into Kevin Dunn's department so maybe they're trying to keep the uh, international in-house but I don't know I, I wouldn't be surprised I, I I think WWE keeps making money despite itself and I I would hope that at some point they would focus on the product again, but at the same time, they've got, I mean, Roman Reigns is the best thing going. I love Lashley. Um, you know, I, the uh, Apollo Crews is going well. You've got KO, Big E is doing well. I mean, Seth Rollins finally doesn't ruin everything. So, I, I mean, there are, the women's division is, is banging. So, uh, you know, there are, there are things to be happy about it. It's just, the way they run their week-to-week -week shows, it's it's the same people every week. They could learn a lot from AEW and how to how to advance feuds um, without having the same people wrestle every week on TV and the pay-per-views. No doubt about it. And and that was a great summary. I mean, 
because people are really thinking WWE is going to get bought out and blah, blah, blah. But like you said yourself, why would... You said Comcast is the parent company, correct? Of NBC yeah. and Universal? Right. Why would they pay more money to buy it when they've already put all these billions of dollars in just acquiring the product? You know what I mean? So I think you're right. I think there's a lot of bullshit, should I say, that's that's out there. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I don't see them selling up anytime soon. I don't even know why they would when WWE is making record profits. I mean, let's be real, true? Yeah, yeah, they they've broken every record, and they and they've got plenty of room to grow. I mean, they still have no presence in China. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You're spot on. I mean, if they can even break that market, they'll be great. We'll they see. will one day, because things get pirated enough, and at some point, China goes, "All right, well, somebody here is going to make money. Somebody's cousin's nephew is going to call <laughs> in the nepotism thing and go, you know, my son got this wireless satellite company and." You know, and and we're gonna we'll give thirty five percent to the you know the Communist Party and Xi Jinping, and <laughs> uh, and so can we get wrestling here? Right. Yeah, but but the but the women's wrestling has to be censored. Okay, no women's wrestling. How silly, man! But anyway, let's move on. I mean, what do you want to touch on first, Jeff? I mean, should we get into NXT or should we get into Dynamite? You know what? Uh, I as you said, I'm new. I'm the new guy, so. And I've been talking a lot, so that's fine. Why don't, why don't you Why don't you make the call? All right, let's get into NXT. But um, you're the resident NXT expert between between the two of us. So how about we get into that and uh, please give it a rundown? Yeah, happy to. Um, I actually really enjoyed NXT this week. This was actually my favorite NXT since you know there was a non takeover, non Halloween havoc in a while. Um, unfortunately, the the ratings didn't. Uh, bear that out but so be it um so we started with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai challenging for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon who I have to admit I wasn't really very into them but they have grown on me they're working as a team Shotzi is still crazy but she seems to be be a little safer but she's a lot of fun to watch and I really liked the match but what I liked more than the match itself was the dynamics. There were a lot of stories going on in there. There was there was Shotzi putting her body on the line. There was, you know, Ember making the comeback and being strong when she needed to be strong. But the real story was Raquel and Dakota, how slowly, ever slowly, the power dynamic has shifted. And it was very clear in this match for the first time that Raquel was calling all the shots, that she was the boss. Now, a lot of people were predicting a schism that they would have a falling out in this match that didn't happen but Dakota took the took the pinfall and Raquel was ordering her around afterwards Raquel brutalized uh Shotzi and they made Ember watch it at, at the end so you know uh Raquel still looks strong and you know you could see Dakota saying I want this I want this and Raquel's gonna say I don't care what you want I used to need you but I don't, and I see that I never really did, or I thought I needed you, but I never did. It was you who needed me. You were holding me back, and once I got my shot, I got it. Now, you can either support me and stick around, or you can get the hell out of here and make it on your own, and then they can, you know, drag that story out for a little until Dakota, you know, goes face, and they can have that little feud. Until then, you can have this little mini feud with Ember and Raquel, then maybe Shotzi recovers, and then Shotzi, Shotzi and Raquel, until they figure out which next woman they're going to build up. Um, 
so that was that that was pretty good and then there was a what i thought was actually a, a sort of fun promo between champa and thatcher um basically you know they're they're doing the sitting they're all serious and you know they're like grizzled young veterans you won round one we won round two there's gonna be round three uh and then thatcher's like i'm gonna tear you guys up and he smiles with his broken teeth but they sold me a week earlier when they were doing a promo with legato so Britt baker sold me at her first jericho cruise promo when everyone thought she was drunk and she first you know called out tony for being a barista at starbucks and things like that and it was just hysterical and i loved it um so a week ago when they're talking to legato thatcher says something in spanish I, well i know what he said in spanish but i didn't i don't know the spanish words but and legato goes that doesn't make any sense uh, what he said was the cat has no shoes and legato goes that doesn't make any sense. And Ciampa, without missing me, goes, it makes exact sense, or it makes perfect sense. And for whatever reason, I thought that was really funny. And, and ever since then, I've, I've liked this team. So anyway, we're going to get that match next week, uh, you know, presumably for, uh, you know, a tag team title shot uh, for the men. Um, this segment happened just after that. But we had uh, Indy Hartwell uh, talking to the backstage interviewer. I think it's Michelle McKenzie. And she was with Everize. And they're continuing to do the thing that nobody knows who Everize is. Nobody cares about their show. And I don't care about their show. I've been saying that they're the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks drive to Tampa to do the show for um, um, NXE. And that... Uh, you know, they were the hardest working people in wrestling because they would do two shows on Wednesday. It, it's not as breathtaking now that they're on the Dynamites on a different night uh, than NXT, but still. Uh, so anyway, Indy uh, is looking for Dexter Loomis. They say, we haven't seen him in a while, but we think he went to that room. And she goes into the room and the whole room is covered with drawings of like him crying, his heart broken, a knife <laughs> through the heart, him being the, the head massage technician and, and her basically, you know, anyway, the picture was that he broke her heart and she's like, oh no, oh no. And, and so she's so <laughs> sad. And so this, this uh, un, un, I don't know, mismatched love story continues. Um, we had the Cameron Grimes, uh, Ted DiBiase face off. Oh. And basically Cameron's like, I, I didn't come from money. I didn't have any money and you're my hero. You taught me that that I could be mean to people with money. They'd still like me anyway. And nobody really <laughs> seems to like me. What's going on? And Ted DiBiase goes, listen, I I like you, kid. And, and you've got some moves and you've got something going on. And I'm looking to, to build my million dollar legacy. And then you hear LA Knight's music kick in and he comes in. He's got, I got the Kavorka. I got it going on. And basically it was Ted DiBiase was like, yeah, yeah, Grimes, I know that you're my natural son, you're my biological son, but I'm not really so fond of you. This is my stepkid, and, you know, he's captain of the football team, and he dates the pretty girls, and I'm married to his mother, and she's pretty smoked, <laughs> she's pretty hot, and I'm going to keep hitting that pipe, so, you know, why don't you just mow the lawn, kid, all right, and I'm going to I'm gonna take Biff here for some ice cream and pizza, but <laughs> you're a good boy, keep trying. Literally and Cameron's Biff. like, no, and he's like, no, it's my papa, 
It's my papa. Stay away from my papa. I'm going to beat you, Cameron Grimes, to the moon. So, can, can I just intervene for a moment? First of all, where do we go with Cameron Grimes here? I think it's done. I think they don't even know where they're going with this anymore. And this is just getting out of hand, in my opinion. I either kill this friggin' storyline or repackage him or do something with this because I feel like they're going nowhere with this. Is it just me? Or am I wrong in saying that? I don't know. I'm sure it's not just you because, I, I mean, traditionally he doesn't do that well in the ratings. I've enjoyed this. I've actually enjoyed him mostly since Halloween. So did Halloween. I, right. So did I initially, but now it's starting to get a little old, in my opinion, anyway. Well, we, we see what's going to happen now. He's got a few with LA Knight over it. He's probably going to lose. He's probably going to turn face. Where I have always wanted it to end from the beginning, and you now have the Hammerlock hangover access to all the backlogs. You can right. go back as many weeks as it started, and you can hear either week one or week two, I was saying this, that this story has to go, that a fool and his money soon do part, and that it ends up with him getting audited by not the IRS, but by IRS, Erwin <laughs> R. Scheister. And so I don't think this DiBiase thing hurts that any. I mean, that, I mean they were Money Inc. They were a tag right. team. So it, it makes total it, sense, too. Yeah, it could still work. Now, I, I'm not sure they're going to go this way, but if I keep talking and, and I keep getting myself on great networks like yours, maybe somebody will hear and go, that's pretty fucking funny. It's, and, and the guy's on staff. Let's do it. Um, so that's where I hope it ends, that, that he, he gets audited and he loses all his money. He's like, oh, no, I wish I was on the dark side of the moon. But I, I don't know what's going to happen with Cameron Grimes. He's a oh, well, good hand. Yeah, no, he's a good hand. And I think he's more entertaining than he was on Impact, in my opinion. But sure. uh, in saying that, how you mentioned IRS, and when I say IRS, I mean Erwin R. Scheister. Um, didn't he actually leave WWE not too long ago? He was an agent, was he not? He was one of the guys that got furloughed, but I think right. he's one of the ones that they brought back also, like oh, they Sanjay Dutt. Okay, I didn't realize, yeah, a, right. A few others. Like Lance Storm took a job with... Um, observer like uh, figure for online oh so he's he's i've noticed he's been on that show pretty much week in week out so he's taken up a job there yeah okay um but they said they were they were planning to bring everyone back from the furlough so like shane helms is back with yep. wwe and uh i'm i'm pretty sure erwin r scheister or mike rotunda mike is Rotunda's as well right. i'm not 100 percent, but uh, i'm pretty close but uh, on my last appearance with you, I was also pretty sure that all of those women from from Japan on AW were from Stardom, and they weren't. So I'm glad you brought that up because I was right that time, Jeff. If yeah, our listeners I, remember, but uh, well, at, at this point, I'm not even sure about uh, Mike Rotunda because I don't know. I'm not sure 100 percent or not. So I'm not going to argue Jimmy, this point. Jimmy, I've never been one of those guys that always has to be right. I prefer when I'm right, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> right, no, well, thanks for actually bringing it up on the show because I forgot about that. But but yeah, I got that one, Jeff. It was me for once. Yeah. I take great pride in <laughs> getting one over, getting one over the, the foreign object. That's but right. yeah, please move on anyway, continue on. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so we had Mercedes Martinez. Uh, she beat, I don't even remember who she was facing. Um, I think it was Isaiah. Um, it yes, doesn't matter. The, it was. The, 
the point was she was she won pretty solidly. Then smoke came in, and you saw the red light. And finally, we see the Tian Sha symbol there. And finally, after eight weeks, my favorite thing in wrestling is back. And when the smoke clears and the camera's back on Mercedes Martinez, she looks on her hand and on the back of her hand, she's been marked. So she's got, you know, like the, the, the treasure island, she got the black spot. So she's been marked for termination by Tian Shah and Zia Lee. So, uh, so we know where that's going. I'm all about it. That's amazing. That's awesome. I think Mercedes Martinez is going to be the, like the shit kicking, you know, uh, don't care face sort of like, uh, female Moxley, uh, that character, um, but she's going to lose more than she wins. Um, yep, definitely. Or at least in this case, she better. But she won't get murdered. But... No, 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 no way. No way. I mean, she's a great hand. Let's be honest. The only thing that lets her down is her age. I mean, she's in her 40s, right? Yeah, I, th- I think she's exactly 40. Right. Um, Frankie Monet debuted against Jade. <sighs> um, she won. I mean, you know, that match went a little bit longer than it probably should have. Um, we had another promo from Walter on Zoom uh, yelling at Imperium and telling them to go after the tag team titles, which I like because Imperium's going after the tag team titles. We've got the Grizzled Young Veterans interested. We've got Thatcher and Ciampa. We've got Legato. And you still sort of Rizango out there. Uh, MSK is are the uh, sitting champions. I wouldn't be surprised if Gargano and Theory started trying to do some tag team work. So um, yeah, I actually uh, really like it. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are still in there, and you know, I don't like the boat. Every time they come on, the music hits. Uh, my girl laughs. So, <laughs> why is that? The the music's funny, and and Spud is. She says he looks like a boy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a child. And he does. Shout outs to your girl, man. That's a great one. I mean, and actually, I'm glad you brought up Killian Dane because he got released, didn't he? No, Alexander Wolf got released. Are you sure Killian Dane didn't get it released too? Because I heard that he got released a day after Alexander Wolf. No, you, you heard that because Don Tony misspoke. Right. And yes, about a yes, half hour that's right. Later, he got corrected in, in, in his chat room. He misspoke, <laughs> and I guess people are re reporting his news because they didn't listen to the whole show. No, he corrected right. himself. He just okay, misspoke I'd... because those two have been associated with each other. And also, the only time I cared about Killian Dane in NXT was when Pete Dunne slammed his head in the door. And then when Alexander Wolf went up to him about five weeks ago and said, what happened to you? You used to be a monster. Right. Um, so, but then when they put Alexander Wolf in the ring and he took off his sweat jacket and he looked like Henry Hill from King of the Hill. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's wondering why he got released, sheesh. Um, and that's a shame too, because I don't mind Alexander Wolf and I hear he's very popular, you know, backstage, but uh, what happens to Imperium here? Does that mean there's only three of them now? Uh, maybe. Uh, who knows? There's there's other European wrestlers, so maybe, maybe that's how they bring Tyler Bate in. Maybe they bring him in as a heel. Uh, I, What's I happened know. to Tyler Bate, actually? I have no idea. I have no. I don't follow NXT UK. I only know who he is because everyone was singing praises about that match, which right. I will confess I didn't bother to watch. Because that was a I great didn't... match, dude. I won't lie. I saw that, and that was brilliant, man. I'm not going to lie, but... I forgot all about him until you mentioned that name. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Where is he? You're probably right. He probably is in WWE UK. And and to be fair, I haven't been paying any notice to that either, except for the Don't takeovers. A, but yeah. They have a bunch of big, hairy, white guys in NXT. They have a Wolfgang and <laughs> a Werewolf and Gangard and Beethoven. And 
Ludwig Borgia and <laughs> Ludwig Borg. That's a name from back in the day. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and just quietly, don't mind my neighbors because they're always loud. If you can hear them, that's not me. That's my neighbors. But uh, it is uh -huh. what it is. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I thought, I thought you annoying. lived in a wallaby reserve. You might as well think I am because there's a bunch of wallabies next door screaming. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, in saying that, I just hope, uh, like, it brings me back to when you mentioned New Japan. And, and I forgot to mention before, since we're on NXT, do you think this New Japan deal, and sorry for sort of cutting all over the place, but I just need to get this out there. Will this become more of an NXT New Japan dealio if, if all this stuff is true? Or will we see the likes of Okada... Tanahashi and you know etc etc turn up on the main roster I don't know here is what I think and this is based on zero okay right, right. I think that it will mostly be a young for young thing I think that they'll okay. share young talent in NXT Japan and, and New Japan in Japan but part of that I think that will absolutely be talent exchanges and I think you will absolutely see uh, you know well, first of all, the, the side rumor is that this is being done partly for Daniel Bryan because he wants to work in Japan. I've heard. And it's not just him. It's also multiple talent that want to work Japan. Oh, I'm sure. But, I, yeah. the, I, I, you know, he's the only name I've heard specifically. Right. But I think absolutely that there's going to be some talent exchanges. And you know what? Good. Because some people need to be freshened up. I mean, no doubt. notably, Drew McIntyre. He did everything he possibly could try to do this year i'm a tremendous drew fan and i just don't want to see i groan when i see him on my tv now and he's on four segments a week send him over there let the, <laughs> let him let him go over there for four or five months and send you know give us shingo i, I don't know I, I mean i don't know enough of the names there you know have some interplay with the with the Tongans in the in the Bullet Club and the Roman Empire. Well, they're playing up on it on social media, that's for sure. I'm talking about the yeah, Tongans. But, but, but they play up on everything right, on right, social right. media. So, I mean, they're worse than Tony Khan. I, I don't listen to a <laughs> word they say. Um, you know, let, you know, let Seth Rollins go someplace for for six months. You know, because he's he's sort of irritating. If they don't have something for you know, a Cesaro to do, he would be oh, he'd awesome be over, over there. Yes, he would be. He'd be mega over in Japan. They would love him there. Wouldn't Definitely. it be fun to see, you know, some of the new Japan guys go against Nakamura here and then let him go there and let some of the Japanese fans go there. So, I mean, I think the, the, the possibilities are endless, but I think it's going to be mo. you know, I think the, the full-time aspect of it will be in Japan, but I think there'll definitely be talent exchanges and occasionally you're going to get some big card things. I'm not sure about WrestleMania or not. I guess it depends on the reactions. But, I mean, you know, it, it would be the worst thing in the world if we had, like, a, you know, Okada versus, you know, Roman Reigns headlining a WrestleMania. That would be brilliant for me because I'm a big fan of New Japan, as you probably know. And, uh, man, seeing someone like an Okada versus Roman Reigns, that'd be money to me. I just hope that the Western fan base, like, understand these characters because in my opinion they don't yeah and that's the problem right you've got your Akatas you've got your Tanahashis you've got your Naitos who are mega stars dude and, and specifically Naito I think could get mega over in North America but whether they use him right which I, I assume they would have to if they make some sort of exchange I mean because he's money the problem is they can't speak a lick of English for shit 
and that and really lets him down. Yeah. Look, I've met Okada and Tanahashi in real life, and um, and I've been right next to Will Ospreay and a few others. Okada's tall. He's six three legit. I can show oh, you a picture. Yeah, he's six foot three legit. Tanahashi, me and him are about the same size. So you know, it is what it is. Before we'll Japanese, at like seven one. Yeah, yeah, more like eight foot. Look, I'm about five ten. I would say he's about five eleven tops. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, it with is his hair, or without his hair. Well, it you know what? When I met him, he kind of looked. I don't want to say like crap, because he didn't look like crap. But he wasn't dressed up. He was just wearing sweatpants, sweat jacket. But was his really... hair all quaffed? No, look, yeah, it was just up sort of thing. He he didn't even bother doing it yet. He was just this is pre-show, <laughs> obviously, right? So. Like pre, not pre-show, like an actual pre-show before the event started. Mm-hmm. And I was in the locker room meeting him and stuff. And uh, and I just want to say, Will Ospreay is tiny. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, well, he's tiny. <laughs> I, I also think that the, I mean, I think New Japan has to do something because even before this happened, there were there was rumors and stories that the, the stars, they were getting restless because Japan was handling the lockdown so strictly. And yeah, I'm not were, saying that's a bad thing or a good yeah. thing, but it's just a real thing. These guys weren't working. They weren't getting paid. They weren't making merch. They weren't selling tickets. They weren't doing They weren't doing what they were doing, what they wanted to do. So you have to think that some of their contracts were coming up that, that they might want to come to North America. I'm not saying WWE, just because us Americans are a right. little bit freer, a little bit less responsible, and the bigger money's here anyway. True, true. true. <laughs> and at the same time this is happening... Three, you've got Okada working with with slip discs. You have Abushi getting yep. the title and basically breaking his foot the day after and having to vacate the title. You have Will Ospreay. He he gets his girl a job. He gets a he gets a faction behind him. He gets the title and he breaks his neck. So now he's got a broken neck and a bad back. And he's what thirty? Yeah, pretty much. So I mean, a lot of these guys who are, who used to scoff at, at the WWE safe style. And then they're seeing that, that Sting can still do a match at 62, you know, and people are still clamoring for The Undertaker. Uh, maybe they don't think the safe style is so, you know, something to joke about anymore because now they're realizing that they have cut their own careers by 10, 15, Easily. 20 years, maybe. And it's a shame, too. I mean, Will Ospreay has always been known for his reckless style in ring. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. right? People have told him over and over again, slow down. No need to do these high risk spots. And for a, for a while, he did slow down. He actually did stop doing a lot of high risk moves. But it is what it is. I mean, you know, see what happens. He gets the belt and he's already done. Now I'm hearing rumors that there's a possibility he's playing up on this injury and that he could possibly join WWE. Now I think it's a load of shit, personally. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's trying to play New Japan and that'll be against each other on a new contract because his contract is coming up too, apparently. So we'll see what happens. Um, I haven't heard those rumors. You're obviously closer to Japan than I am and follow it more. So I'll take your word for it, but I haven't heard anything on it. I don't know anything about his contract status. I, I didn't think it was coming up soon, but I don't know that WWE would, would touch someone necessarily with those injuries while they're negotiating with new Japan right, in good right. faith. So, I mean, because they have hired damaged goods before just to take them from someone and on the hope, you know, because they can afford it. I mean, they, they let go, what about 60 wrestlers in the last two years, Uh, forget about the staff. So they could, they could 
waste some money, I suppose, or in, well, no, this is to be an investment because I mean, at, at worst, you could have Will Ospreay and, and Ricochet together again, and you could do some, you know, and, and you know, that's going to be good. Um, so I don't know anything about it, but you know, I said this on Hammerlock Hangover two weeks ago, and the next day there were rumors about Will Ospreay talking about NXT UK. Right. That was that's and, right. And and B Priestley was talking about NXT UK also. Hey, she's a great talent, dude. I think WB should look into getting her, but but that's another thing altogether. Because Stardom in Japan is a great women's promotion for real. I mean, it's strong. They've produced a lot of great female wrestlers that WB have acquired. So I mean, look, and and plus right now, uh, COVID's running wild in New Japan. I mean, Okada just got COVID as well. So, oh yeah. Okada and Jay White, we learned both yes. tested positive for COVID. Right. Did they both test positive recently or is this just, it's just coming out now? Well, I'm not too sure, man. I've got a feeling recently, but Okada said that he's over it now and that he was feeling pretty, pretty sick, but he's fine now, he claims. Now, whether that was a few months ago or, or now, I can't answer. But but all, all I do know is, yes, COVID did sort of you know come back into new japan and new japan are slowing down on on shows at the moment because they take that stuff really seriously i mean they slowed down their whole television just because of covid so i mean yeah. the fans no. aren't even allowed to aren't even allowed to clap really dude because of covid yeah. so we, if they get 30 cases nationwide they shut the country down for 60 days well, if I, we if we got 30 cases in baltimore you know in one day that would be be considered low well put it this way jeff i'm in lockdown right now can you believe that crap and you know yeah. why over 35 new cases right but over 35 new cases dude really see i just think that's crap but that's that's for another show anyway and it is for another show i won't get into that but but like i said i'm in lockdown right now but anyway let's get back into next team man okay well i mean I may have forgotten some things, but the, the big deal of, oh, well, Bobby Fish came back. He lost the match to Pete Dunne. Uh, and as a result of that, nobody cares that Bobby Fish lost. Yeah. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly didn't rescue him. Pete Dunne was like, it's going to do the broken fingers things. But anyway, next week, there's going to be a triple threat with Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly. And I have forgotten who the third person is already because I don't care about any of these, the three people in this match. But whoever wins, oh, it's Johnny Gargano. Whoever whoever wins that match is the new number one contender. So, eh. swell. Um, and I think that the Thatcher Champa versus Grizzled Young Veterans match, whoever wins that, gets a title shot as well. But the big match of the card was Finn Balor in his rematch for the NXT title against Karrion Cross. This was a very good match. I don't think it was as good as their first match, not as fast moving and, and action packed, but I think it had a really solid ending. Um, it looked like Finn was gonna uh, submit Karrion Cross. They did the old raise your arm two times and there's dead movement. And then the third time, ref's about to call it. And in, you know, in the old days, people can't see me, but the wrestlers start shaking their hands a little bit, shaking their arms, like everyone knows the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they sort of all did it. He just <laughs> did more, more drama. Well, Karrion Cross instead of doing that, grabbed the the uh, ref's arm. The ref already is holding his arm to see if he was dead, but he he grabbed it back to grasp it to keep the ref from you know calling for the bell. And then he started you know looked like he was getting stronger and stronger. And then he muscled Finn up, 
did a, a giant uh, power bomb or whatever he does. Um, did a couple of those shots to the back of the head, and then he just you know went MMA on him and you know sort of uh, sat on his back and punched him about three or four times to the back of his head, kicked him a couple times, and then put him to sleep. Finn lost consciousness. Karrion retains, looking strong. Music goes off. The end. I thought it was. I thought it was a. It was a solid two hours of, of wrestling TV show television. Look, I won't lie. I think uh, when you compare NXT to to Dynamite, I do think the that NXT's in ring work is much better than than Dynamite's. Like every week, but the thing with NXT, I feel like there's something missing, man. I mean. It's not able to hook me like AEW can, and and that's hard to explain because I laugh at AEW week in week out. To be fair, all right, usually the way they book stuff in AEW kind of makes my eyes roll, but at least sometimes it can be so funny that it's good, in a weird way. Whereas NXT, I'll tell you what it is. What is it? I will. T- I will tell you exactly what it is. It, it's that you have to watch every match. Because right. you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to run in. Or you do know who's going to run and You just don't know how they're going to interfere, when they're going to run and what they're going to do, how they're going to get someone to bleed this week. Um, it, it's like Crash TV. You, you have to, you, if you're going to follow it, you have to watch it because you never know what's going to happen. That's both good and bad because it's crazy and it's too much and it's frenetic. But you do have to watch NXT, you could probably skip a couple weeks and pick it up. Right. The other thing that the AEW does better than WWE, period, is WWE's feuds play out in the ring over and, and over uh, and over right. and over and over again with the same people. Then rematch, then an undeserving rematch, yep. then sometimes another rematch, then three weeks later, yet yeah. another rematch. I mean, it, it's you're seeing reruns. Um, and I'm Definitely. really fearful that... that not only we're we going to see the rerun, now we're going to see a different form of a rerun with Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns, but that's a different show also. Um, NXT does the same thing, but not quite as bad. But with AEW, their feuds play out in vignettes, promos, run-ins, interference, attacks backstage, things like that. But, but who they're facing in the ring every week is different. So the heels might face, you know, they'll, they'll face... T the hybrid two one week they'll face uh the acclaimed True. the next week maybe they'll face like the varsity blondes uh, uh, you know another week or well, i think their faces you know well, i don't know uh jd drake are, and right. cesar Boni, bonini or whatever bononi yep, yep, yep. um you know but they're not gonna face they're not gonna face the young bucks they're not gonna face ftr whoever whoever they're going to meet at, at a big show on a big a dynamite or a big pay-per-view right you know, right. they're gonna they're gonna interplay in other ways so it's it you don't always get those boring matchups where you're seeing the you know garza and andrade fighting the street profits like for three months straight <laughs> true well to be fair to be fair to aw well should i say more to nxt aw gotta like sort of build their their feuds because they've only got pay-per-views what once every three four months it feels like yeah that's what so right. i guess they can sort of you know start and stop whenever they choose to whereas you know nxt then again takeovers are also once every two to three months so yeah it's about the same yeah so i mean i guess that defeats the purpose but with back to nxt before we end it i want to say where do you go with bellor from here i mean 
does he need to be pushed back to the main roster or or do you think um you keep him in NXT? I think he's done a magnificent job in NXT, mind you. So but where do you go from here? I don't subscribe to the school of thought that's like, what more does he have to do there? Because if that was the case, you wouldn't have Ric Flair with 16 world titles or right. John Cena with 16 titles or Triple H with 14 titles. That, that's absurd. You wouldn't have the New Day as 10-time tag team champions or 11-time tag team champions. I think that's that's crazy. These are coveted numbers and achievements. Um, but in this particular case, in this particular moment, there are no top faces on SmackDown. Right. Uh, the, you've got Cesaro with Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan is who knows what's going on with him. I mean, I'm not even sure this is real, but perhaps it is. I'm going to go with it is. They turned edge heel or edge turned edge heel. So who are the top faces? Nakamura? Well, he's in a program with Corbin. Um, so, you know, Rey Mysterio, I guess they could make him a top face, but he's a tag team champion right now. Right, so. Right. They need somebody like Finn Balor, you know, uh, you, you know, unless they're going to bring someone else in. And, and who's going? Who's that someone? Are they going to bring Karrion Cross up right away and make him a face and a top face? That, that seems a little quick. Um, and he doesn't really. I don't know. That he's a natural face. I mean, I know he no. can do face, but I think, I think they'd be making a Roman Reigns mistake twice if if they tried to force him as a as a face. So interesting. I think Finn on SmackDown is a smart move because they need a face that's that's got credentials that they know can work and that they know will will do what's asked of him. And let's remember that that WWE wasn't touring for the last couple of years, so right. he's probably rested up. The travel, you know, burden wasn't there for a while. And I know they're going on this twenty-five city tour, but they haven't announced anything past. Labor Day, and I don't think they're ever going to go back to that 300 days a year on the road thing. I think maybe SmackDown, Raw, some big cities will have house shows and pay-per-views, and that's it. I think they're going to cut down their road schedule probably by half. So you're saying they're going to chop off the smaller sort of cities? Or the bigger cities. They may go to the, you know, like the mid-majors because they, they were having a lot of trouble selling out. Yeah, they were they were they were losing money on the road i mean the road was a good place for them to you know practice programs and see who Definitely. worked um but yeah I, I mean i think so and again i'm basing that on nothing but if you're losing money in one segment of your business why why continue it well, okay well, have a pc what a, yeah true that but what about international tours do you think that's a no-no pretty much now no i think they'll do international tours okay. and right. and i and yeah, I think they'll definitely do international tours, mostly because they want people to buy the network internationally right. and or to support their international partners. I mean, what sort of snuck under the radar was they they signed a huge deal in India, getting WWE in 600 million homes in India from like 10 million homes in India. Right. So, you know, and so they're definitely going to do a tour, you know, of India. And while they're there, I mean, I'd go to Bangladesh and Sri Lanka as well. And, you know, I mean, but you can't go to India right now because they have 400,000, like, like 2 million people a day getting COVID and like 4,000 people a day dying. And that's, yep. and that's just what we know. And that, and that exact strand of COVID has spread to here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, they've got variants. Right, and, and apparently somebody, that's the worst one as well. So, One country reported today that they have 
the variant from India plus two other variants really? in their country. I think it's like Vietnam. Oh, shit. Um, but it doesn't matter where it, it, I mean, it does to that country, but just the, that there's these mutations and stuff going on. So this is some scary shit. Plus this is like this brain eating fungus, what? fungal disease in India that, that oh. left India. And there's some other really serious fungal disease that that's not that also came out of India or that's not the same disease. So it's like all these killer diseases coming out. Uh, and, and and yet we still have a mass shooting every day in the United States. I mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's, that's fucked up. That's also another show. That's also another show. That's definitely another show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if the world isn't telling us to get our shit together, I, I don't. I mean, you know, you know, everyone. You know, I, I am evil dose, but people, <laughs> put, it, put it down. Just calm, calm, calm the fuck down. By evil, I mean just leave me alone. Let me eat pizza and watch TV. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, now let's move on to AEW and. uh you know, to my surprise, I was happy to see fans back. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure they didn't advertise that last week. I mean, did they mention they were going to have fans back yeah. from next week? Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize, but it was a pleasant surprise for me. So I was happy with that. And and I unfortunately forgot that it was on a Friday. I did know, but I kind of forgot to, like, when the day happened, I'm like, oh, damn, Dynamite is on tonight, which was yesterday. And uh, look, it was a pretty solid show. I mean, what would you think anyway? Yeah, I actually, last week I thought the Dynamite was actually a pretty well-constructed show. It was less Cucamonga than normal, and I thought that this show also was pretty well-constructed, though they did have a little bit more crash-bang-boom, right. but you sort of expect that with the go-home show. Some of it wa wasn't good, and some of it is continuation of stuff that wasn't good, but I think overall it was a good two hours of television. So this started with um, Darby with coming out with Sting. Darby's ribs are all taped up. He's got brutalized by... Uh, Miro the, the week before, and he got beat up pretty good the week before that. And he's facing Cesar Bononi, who's accompanied by Nick Namath, the Hollywood hunk, yeah. J.D. Drake, and Peter Avalon, who are now calling themselves the wingmen. So yet another faction that's there. At some point, Shivani called the TNT title the TV title, so I don't know if that was oh, a botch spoiler. I noticed that. Yeah, that they're, they're going to change the name, or maybe they're going to have a TNT title and a TBS title. Um You'd think that they would just make a TNT plate for one side, a TBS plate for the other side, and just call the WB title. Uh, you know, they say <laughs> well, that the network wanted them to have a title name for it. So, right, I mean, right. Well, that depends so on Rampage too, Jeff. I mean, is Rampage going to be a, a like a SmackDown to to Dynamite once they move to TBS, or is this essentially going to be another dark show? No, my understanding is that it's going to be neither of those things. It's going to be like a third hour of dynamite. Okay, um, all right. Is that so, a good thing, though? Does that mean we're going to have main event style matches? I assume that they will have like two main events. Okay, all basically. right. I mean, I don't think they're dumb that way. It, it's not so, going to be right. dark or dark elevation. I mean, they have about 400 people on the contract. Right. Or <laughs> That's true. Appearances. They've got right. plenty of people to do things with. Um, Anyway, I, I just found that interesting. I mean, listen, it, it is sort of a TV title, so it could have just been a botch. Oh, but I, I like, I like, you know, unharmful conspiracies. So let's just call it a spoiler. Well, I'm hoping, it. yeah, I'm hoping it, would, it does become the TV title. I mean, that's just the only thing that makes log logistical sense in my in my head. You know what I mean? I just hope they do rename it and rechristen it the TV Championship. It will bring back a lot of great memories 
you know, a la WCW. I mean, the TV title was a great championship, in my opinion. And why not call it a TV title? Heck, I would. When I was growing up, the NWA TV championship was my favorite title because it was right. defended every single week. And then you had like Arn Anderson and Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin and, and you know, Nikita Koloff holding those belts. I mean, it was, it was just always fun. Um, so anyway, Bononi, although they treat him sort of as a jobber, they really could do something with this guy. He's like 6'6". He's got a really good build. Doesn't have a bad look. I know he's had some he's had some really bad botches, but he's gotten better. Right. Um, and like that's some, I think they should work more around people like that. Yes, I'm a sizist, but Jesus, when people turn on wrestling, you know, and, and their girlfriend who doesn't watch a lot of wrestling walk, walks in the room and laughs when they see Orange Cassidy, um, you know, you, you don't want that too much. And, and I don't mean to pick on poor Orange. He's actually a character who I have enjoyed over time, just not in the main event scene. Right. I thought year one, they worked him perfectly like right through the um street fight with um lax um but anyway uh but only looked pretty decent darby did a coffee a coffin drop he got the win um e- ethan page and scorpio sky are you know are called out by darby and sting saying we know that you're always gonna run in and jump us so just come face us and ethan and scorpio are like we're not doing that we're in our fancies mm-hmm. oh, we're not that dumb and then the, the wingmen attack Darby and Sting from behind. It's not clear whether that was coordinated or not because Ethan and Scorpio looked a little surprised, but then they joined the attack. The wingmen leave as soon as <laughs> Paige and Sky join the attack. So that was a little bit weird. And then the Dark Order run out to rescue no hangman Paige. And uh, they exchange fist bumps and handshakes. So Sting and Darby seem to be uh, the new friends of the Dark Order and hangman Paige not around, which I think is good because if they need to pivot Page off of the Dark Order if they ever want to elevate him at all. Uh, I'm just sort of afraid for Darby because although he's small, I get I at least get why people like him and he's very fluid and he's very tenacious. And Miro beating him, I thought, was the best thing that happened to him because they couldn't keep up that level of him being like the Terminator where nothing would destroy him. Um, but I know this is not popular, but the Dark Order diminish everyone there around with the yep. exception of Brody Lee who brought them up who brought them up I totally agree with you Jeff I mean I've said this previously on the skirmish as our listeners will know I personally think the whole situation with Hangman and the Dark Order I actually think that the bookers in AEW actually don't have a clue what to do with Hangman Page and I think they've just put him in this position until they figure out what to do with Hangman Page that's my opinion I don't see him actually joining the group at all because it will just diminish him he, he's already diminished by just hanging around them in my opinion so i just truly think they don't have a clue what to do with hangman and until they do have a clue he's in limbo at the moment like that's how i see it anyway am i wrong in saying that no i think you're right i think he's been rather listless i think the the drunk face is a weird oh, kind of thing in 2021 right. yep um the dark order like i said i think their comedy act. I think it diminishes people. I don't care what the 300,000 fans think that they're great and that they're over. No, they're not. Um, they're not, they're not a, they're not a main event mainstream act. Uh, and it's not just because evil who knows only half as evil as main event. Um, I, I think that you're right. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of the 
stories of the infighting between the elite. Oh yes. That one of the wedge issues was why why do we keep bringing these people in? Why is Christian Cage here? Why is Miro here? Why why are all these people here when we when we have we're supposed to be making our own homegrown stars and we have this guy who's always been on the cusp and we always bring in something somebody to keep him down. Um so I, I I agree with you on that one. And and there's other people who I think probably should be mad as well. Phoenix well, all of the Death Triangle, all three of those guys should should what, be angry because what's happened they, to them? <laughs> yeah, they 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 should all have been and had multiple titles. Right. Uh, I don't think this guy is that great, but Archer has should have a gripe too. I'm sure some assurances were made his way. I mean, right. his whole story has been, I always get a title shot, then I'm right back to the bottom. Well, guess what? That's happening again, dude. Um, Cage well, Miro's not losing, right? Yeah. What, what's been happening with Cage? I mean, nothing. And I, and I mean, Brian Cage, because Christian Cage is winning the Casino Battle Royal and Paul 100%. White's going to be number 21. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the infighting too, because now I just want to touch on quickly. I think the problems lie between Cody and Kenny, in my opinion. I mean, if you look at, if you decipher what Cody said this past week, how he spoke about it, I don't know if you saw that article that came out. Oh. right? No, I heard his conference. I listened to oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Well, he mentioned how he speaks to the Bucks every day and only speaks to Kenny regularly, right? Right. And I and I put right. that with quotation marks. I mean, but he didn't say that 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 they're friendly either. And I bet when he says I speak to the Bucks every day, he means tax. Yeah. Oh well, for sure. I mean, that's how most people sort of uh, communicate these days, right, Jeff? I mean, right. it is what they're, it is. They're in the same place. Right. Well, but I do think that Kenny and Cody, there is something going on between them two. I've said this even long before AEW. I've always thought there's some sort of professional rivalry. I don't want to call it jealousy. I do think both of them see each other as better than each other. Like, I'm pretty sure Kenny would look at himself as better than Cody and vice versa. I think Cody thinks he's much better than, than Kenny. And I think that's where the problems lie. And that's just what I gather. But I could be wrong. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. And the Bucks have been listless, and I think that's probably how they are in real life. They're probably right. really good at choreography, yep. but 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 they're really bad at decision making, and they run the tag team division. And hasn't that been a little bit listless and chaotic, despite so, having 54 teams? And I think having 54 teams hasn't done them any favors. If they had eight to eight to ten teams, that's probably too many. But they could have worked with that. Yeah. Um, especially if they did like a, a YouTube tag team title for the lower oh, God. tier. Don't, don't oh, say that, Jeff, have, please. <laughs> have four hours of YouTube t- t- original True. programming each True. week. True. I mean, why yeah. not? Right. Um, and then like, you know, if you, if you hold those titles for four months, you, you, you get a main roster title shot, you know, to trade those. And so you, so you could have a million stories with that where, you know, they, they held, they held it for 118 days. Will they, and then they have the, you know, the hardest thing yet. And, you know, you could just do a bunch of stuff. Um, anyway, I mean, they, and they used to do that in the NWA. If you, if you with if you had the TV championship and you had 10 successful defenses, you'd then get a world title shot. Right. right, right. That's and cool. so most people would lose after three or six, or whatever, but, but every now and then someone had nine. And nine didn't always mean that you got you won ten. I mean, some of those people they lost in a heartbreaking loss, but someone won, maintained that tenth every now and then. Anyway, I think you're right, and I think that Cody can look at numbers. Go, I'm the highest rated star. My segments are always the highest rated. Kenny, you were something in Japan, but 
you've actually lost viewers for impact. Your segments are not highly rated. We give you callous. We, we pay for the good brothers to be here. We give you the bucks. We, we bring in new Japan people. We let you wear bullet club shirts. Nothing happens. Um, and I like the Kenny Callis stuff. I, I yeah, think Callis too. has been me great. Too. I like right. Kenny. I like the belt collector gimmick. Um, I just sort of see through it. Meanwhile, Cody does this opulent crap where everything has to be around him and yet it yes. has to drive you crazy. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It really does. But his segments bring in numbers and his merch sells. I mean, it can't be an accident that he's putting himself on, on the on the rainbow transgender month shirt <laughs> over Nyla Rose and Sonny Kiss and, and, and other members of that community. I mean, I know he has a transgender relative and, and you know, yeah. Well, okay. somebody says, I don't know that for sure. Somebody right, said, right. I, I mean, I think Dustin's, I think it's, I think his niece, I think Dustin's daughter. Oh, is yes, I think you're right. I've heard, I've seen Dustin write that actually on Twitter once about a year yeah. ago. Yeah, you're yeah, right. But, you're right. But why not Dustin then? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, I mean, they have Nyla Rose there. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if they get any royalties off this and or if it just goes to charity, but even so, why not all of them? Why does it have to be a choice? I agree. It's, it's, it's always him. but And can... that's my problem with Cody. I mean, he always has to make himself the center of attention, which gets old fast. And I'm a fan of Cody, believe it or not. Right? I really am. But come on, dude. I mean, this guy also has to like show everybody, look, I've got a black wife. My kid is going to be half and half. We get it. We know. You don't have to bloody put your hand up to everything. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, and that's my problem with Cody. He's too into himself, and that's that. That causes problems. Yes, he's a draw. Yes, he's a great professional wrestler, no doubt about it. Yes, he's a name, but dude, calm down, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? We get it. We don't. You don't need to tell us all the time how inclusive you are. You know what I'm saying? And how equality matters because Cody says so. That's. Mm -hmm. I'm just sick of that. that. But like I said, each to their own. I guess it's, that's just me. No, a lot of people feel that way. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's sort of a joke already about, right. you know, I mean, the next segment is a perfect, perfect example of that there. I mean, first of all, this match, I mean, if you're going to do this United States versus Britain thing, which is oh. dumb because we're like best friends, but I mean, at least make it a flag versus flag match. Yes, um, right. But anyway, they're doing a weigh in. Paul White is officiating it for reasons he doesn't know how to work a scale they've got the giant you know old glory and the giant union jack hanging behind him a go-go is accompanied by the factory and some other guy who doesn't get identified but it's a rabbi aaron shlomo or aaron solo yeah. um qt marshall wearing a bowling soprano shirt oh, and the camarado who's who looks like a beast he does. Uh, and then some other guy who's sort of dressed like a go-go was. I, maybe it's his real, you know, wingman. Maybe it's his brother. I, I have no idea. They didn't say who he was. Who knows, um, man? And then Cody literally came in with a parade. He had an honor guard from the Nightmare Factory. Arn was there. His sister was there. Dustin was there. <laughs> Red Velvet was there. Uh. He makes a whole thing about stripping down. He gets weighed. It takes about five minutes for the big show to make the scale work. 218. A go-go, who is noticeably much larger than Cody, gets weighed in at 219. And QT makes a big deal over that one pound and, and starts saying, obviously, my guy's going to win. 
the crowd is cheering for the wrong person and does this whole thing about how the crowd should cheer for a go-go and they boo him. And this whole thing was just so over the top and so stupid. Time, it wasn't yeah. funny. And I actually like the factory versus the nightmare right, right. family thing. I, I'm like all in for QT. I like how they've been handling the go-go, but like Cody ruined everything with it. I'm and, sorry, but you're right. He really did, man. And and you're right again, when it comes, it should have been a flag match, even though where's the rivalry between the UK and the US? They're, come on. Yeah, I think it ended somewhere in like the mid 1800s. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> come on. For Christ's sake, I mean, Jesus Christ. Fair enough if he was Russian, right? Or if he was Chinese, for that matter, right? But God damn it, man. Like, we all know how tight, not just the UK and the US is, but Australia, Canada, you know what I mean? Those those Western allies. I mean, come on, man. We can't, you truly can't believe this is a real thing. And this comes across as... We all speak the same bastard language. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Bastard language, right. And the language of the bastard. Yeah, and he talks his own language, so let's not even get into that. But I mean, yeah, please continue on, Jeff. All right, so we get a, a good vignette on the stadium stampede, and they I think they sold that pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, they did it about 14 more times, and they had a whole show leading up to, um, uh, what's it called, Double or Nothing, uh, airing Saturday night at 7.30. Um and that's after that's before we record this. I did not watch it because I knew it was going to be more of the same. Right. Um, then we cut to the back and powerhouse Hobbs is fighting with Christian. We have no real idea why there's no setup. I mean, <laughs> Tell me why. Christian's, yeah. Chris, Christian's <laughs> been in some sort of low key feud with team Taz, but I mean, Hobbs was alone. That doesn't seem to make sense. I mean, okay. I mean, it's something for Hobbs to do, but uh, I mean, he already lost once to Christian, and and yeah, he looks strong doing it, but he's still lost. Um, oh, God. So I don't know. I, you know. So then the, the the refs broke them up, and they had you know a couple fouls attempts, but you know, and then they cut away, and we have Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. Why he's back, don't know. With Sonny Kiss, I forgot that he he was on the <laughs> roster. Well, obviously, I did because I mentioned it about the shirt earlier. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean. But he, he just comes in as basically a, a manager. He, I mean, I haven't seen him in the ring in months. Well, neither have I. Commentary. Yeah. What's that? No, I was saying neither have I. So, yeah, continue on. Oh, yeah. I, but I don't watch Darker Elevation. I'm just not doing it. Um, Taz is on commentary, you know, just scouting, basically. He wasn't in the back helping his man with, with Christian. You know, Cage wasn't back there with helping his man. Hook wasn't back there. We know Starks is injured, but he wasn't back there egging him on or anything like that. Um, some point early in the match, Hangman's bleeding from the mouth. Janela got too much offense. This should have been a squash match. It wasn't a bad match, but I don't like yeah. Joey Janela. And Page should have killed him, and he didn't. Janela even him. hit the top rope, his elbow drop. His basically his Randy Savage elbow drop. Ah. At some point, Page split open his forehead also. Um, it looked like it was hard way. It looks like it was a deep gash. Uh, and if he bladed himself, I think he did too good a job. But he won with a buckshot lariat. He finally won. Taz interrupts him from commentary and basically warns him that, that Brian Cage is coming to get him. He's like, look, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. And then Cage does a promo that in any other circumstance would have been a face being smart, but wasn't. Because Taz just said that I'm going to introduce you to my friend, Brian Cage, who's coming. And Adam Page basically says, 
no, no, no. I've seen every week you interrupt me, you distract me, and your guys attack me from behind, and I'm ready for it. But this was the one time the cage was coming out. Now, Hook was coming from behind, but, I mean, Hook's a mouse. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ryan Cage and Hook come. You know, there's an oral confrontation. Adam Page basically says, are you going to keep listening to him? Is this the way you want to fight your mouse? I expect that from the rest of them. But, what, but you, I thought you were a real man. And Cage basically says, Brian Cage, not Christian Cage. Right. He says, yeah, you, you don't think I can fight my own battles? I can fight my own battles. Yeah. <laughs> The rest of Team Taz, they won't be at ringside next week. If you want a one-on-one fight, that's what you get. And Cage walks off, which is fine because they were looking to turn him face anyway in the Sting thing before Starks got hurt. Then Starks got hurt, and they had to put them on ice. And let's face it, Lance Archer as a face, he just doesn't cut it. So, um, But it's all right. They, they can have a couple of big guys as faces. Um, so Cage leaves. We then get a Mox Kingston promo where they're bearing the fancy Jordans. And then also there's a commercial that interrupts them. And it's not a technical glitch because there's like four or five, like it's a regular commercial break. And we come back and the commercial starts over again. Um, so basically, they want the belts. They're the most important tag team belts in wrestling. And we want belts. And, you know, they, they have a pretty funny repartee. It was, it, this, this was a good segment. These two are good together. Um, we then have uh, Tony Schiavone saying, hey, will Orange Cassidy defer his title shot? Was, is he going to accept the offer that, that Kenny Omega and Don Callis gave him? So we're expecting Orange Cassidy to come out, but instead out comes Pac. Uh, Pac basically says Orange Cassidy is irrelevant. You, you know, the, the bastard is going to get, you know, is going to get his day. He calls out uh, Omega, but Don Callis comes on the the jumbotron and basically says nope i'm not coming out you're a sociopath and i'm not coming out there and neither is kenny and then kenny comes from behind he's gonna hit pack with the belt but pack is ready for him and kicks him and the goof brothers come out and they beat pack down the lucha brothers come in because they remembered their death triangle again this week and right. their faces this week um because <sighs> the interpreter isn't there to turn penta heel um <laughs> <laughs> and and they come to the temporary rescue um but it doesn't quite work out uh kenny is about to uh, put pack into the uh one-winged angel uh and then the best friends music comes oh. comes on uh and all of the best friends including uh, chris statlander walk out but you know so kenny no longer can do a one-winged angel you know because he can't there's no way he could possibly do it right right they're walking out um so the rest of the best friends walk away uh and we see that orange Cassidy has an envelope for kenny he apparently was so lazy he wrote it wrong once not across it out <laughs> uh they open it up and what we believe to be the release or the contract he was offered was shredded and then he does the orange punch to omega pack gets oh, up and God. he's gonna attack from behind and Orange Cassidy gives an orange punch to Pack, so he stands tall. So we now know who's who's going to take the pin, right? Exactly, and it's so <laughs> fucking obvious, man. And it, and that's and this is what gets me. Okay, you just reading all that out, right? First of all, what was the point of everybody getting involved in this match? I don't look. I would understand if if this happened the week before, and then we get a a match tonight or the last Dynamite, right? And then we lead into the pay-per-view. That I could understand. But but doing it as the go-home 
episode of Dynamite to Double or Nothing, I felt was just silly. I mean, are Best Friends going to be involved in this? Is it going to be a Lumberjack match? I mean, come on. You know what I mean? I mean, what's all this crap for? Well, you know what I mean? You know my theory. You You know my theory as to why they do all of this. Because people are paid on appearance. So, it, so in order to get it so that they are paid the equal annual rate of a WWE contract, they get as many people on TV as humanly possible every week. And that's the way they can sort of keep their word and doing it. And it creates sort of a jumble pop. This, this didn't need the Good Brothers no. and the Lucha Brothers and, and Best Friends. It didn't. Like, and, like okay, I, I get that the Good Brothers could come out, but Orange Cassidy would have been enough. They didn't need all of the best friends come out. They didn't need the Lucha brothers to come out. It, it would have been fine. Just Orange Cassidy or just the best friend. Right. You know, there, there's a bunch of things that were just unnecessary. Um, it is what it is. But, it was stupid. You know what I mean? I mean, well, that's my, that's my theory. And I've seen nothing every week. It, it just makes more and more sense because nobody can think that this is good TV. Now it is crash TV. It is why you have to watch it. Cause you, you just have to see all the bodies flying around. <laughs> I'm glad um, I'm glad you said Crash TV because I've said this in the past, but it almost feels Russo esque the way it's booked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And probably yeah. not as good as Russo would have done it, right? I don't know if you're a fan of his or not, but uh, hey, he follows the show. He follows us on Twitter, so <laughs> shout outs to Vince Russo. But uh, but in he saying that, editor, but he was creative, right? No, he was. But but in saying that, it feels like a poor man's Russo is booking this shit. Here's what Russo did. R- Russo would have three gigantic factions you know and you know the horsemen although they were sort of minimized because i guess he thought that they were you right. know southern and old and blah 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 AEW has 30 small factions <laughs> yeah exactly which I, which I still don't understand why they bother with all these stupid factions i mean well i just i, I just told you that's the only way you can get all these people on tv and get them paid he's fucking dumb anyway look it is what it is, and yeah, please continue, Jeff. All right, so next we have my second favorite woman on the roster, soon to be my first probably, and that's Jade. And she's being lobbied by Matt Hardy again, but she's not hearing any of it. And then comes out Mark Sterling, who is the lawyer who was involved in the match with Moxley. He's been lobbying her as well. Uh, and he's like, Matt, you know, I loved you as a wrestler, but you're really bothering her. I'm threatening you with a 50-yard restraining order. God. And But listen, she's not interested in this. You take 30% off the top. And instead of taking your 30% off the top, I only get paid if she wins. So they're really playing <laughs> off of being a personal injury attorney, being an ambulance chaser, you know, working on contingency. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he's passing out his business card to everyone passing uh, his business card to Matt Hardy. Right. So they go to the ring versus Kylie King who is a woman who's worked in Ignite Wrestling, some other uh, indies, and she's been on AW Dark and, and on Dynamite a lot. The reason I point her out is because she always finds the camera. So you know who she is, even if you don't know who she is. This match was another one that went way too long. There was a test of strength. There's no reason that, that Kylie King should have been depicted as being able to hold you know, any sort of uh, balance Right. Or get the upper hand on Jade ever. Jade should have just crushed it. it. It was just really dumb. The match went too long, but Jade eventually hits. I think she calls it the quad face, uh, yeah. and she got the win. And you know, Sterling is still. He passed out his card to Kylie King at some point. So 
I mean, it's a little bit funny, but it's also can't be stupid. Right, right, exactly. We then see a promo in the back with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. Um, Jake's cut in actually one of his better promos, probably since the first three he cut, like when he yeah. first came in in, in January, yeah. February of last year. Definitely. Archer stops Jake and he's like, enough, enough. I don't care about this Dante Martin. I want Miro. Um, and then we have the match with Dante Martin versus Miro for the TNT title. This was a squash match. Miro looked absolutely awesome. He killed him. This match was perfect. And then we have Jake and Archer come out again. And, and I wrote down why. It's the same thing. Do have them come out, have them come out at the end or do the promo, but you don't need to do both. Um, in any event, he basically said the same thing. And uh, Miro's like, yeah, come on, come and get me. Jake's always holding you back. He's always holding that old fart's <laughs> holding you back. Come in. And so Archer came in and the refs tried to break them up. And, you know, basically Archer was getting the better of Miro. The refs came in and, you know, Archer standing tall. Not that he ever had a chance of winning anyway, nope. but now no. we know he's not winning. Definitely. Uh, and he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. But then, then I say, it was this the right time to book this match? You know, I, I'm never going to complain about a Haas match. And since you don't get Haas matches in AEW, Definitely I'm right. going to celebrate it. Well, look, it's, in saying that, before you continue on, I'm glad Miro is looking strong. I mean, he's mm -hmm. he's cutting some of the best promos I've ever heard him cut. I mean, that includes WWE. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure he probably was restricted in WWE. But mm -hmm. right now, like his promo last week was brilliant. It made uh, Archer look like an idiot when he called him a Bulgarian bitch. Like, ooh right really like, right right and then but look miro is going to win it's going to be a hard-hitting match it's going to be between two husses like you said and miro is definitely winning now where do they go with archer after that i don't know but miro deserves to win miro deserves to have a long run with his title and miro deserves to get his just man i mean seriously he's looking like a real monster and i think he should get an actual world title shot soon if they keep booking him the way they are I do too. I, I would like everyone saying Hangman Page is going to get the, that title or Darby's no. going to get that title. I think I think that the smart move would be to make it Miro, um, you know, because I, I think that you know, first of all, Miro deserves it. But I think he's should be a face of AEW. He's he's big. He's a good talker. He's you know he's got the charisma. He's got the build. I mean, you know, it, it, he looks like a wrestler. Um, so. Like I said, I, I'm going to celebrate the Haas versus Haas, Haas match because I need to say that for my segue into the Sheeta celebration. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Yeah. So they celebrate. She's in a, like a, in a, uh, I'm going to call it traditional Japanese dress, looking lovely. Um, my girlfriend, oh, beautiful. She looks beautiful. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, anyway, she got, they awarded her a new championship belt, which, Basically looks like the same belt, but a little bit bigger and a little bit shinier. But the other one was really small. So yeah, it was, though, it was. yeah. So I know people a lot of people were saying that's ah, the same damn belt, but it's not. It it, it it the other one looks silly. This one looks less Most, silly. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. I mean, obviously they had a vision of a smaller belt for for the women for whatever reason. I mean, I, I guess the reasons women are smaller generally. Right, right. Um but I, th I think it's a nice looking belt. It's fine. Um, anyway, Dr. Britt Baker interrupts. Thank goodness. <laughs> and she said that 
It used to be 316, but she's the face of a whole new era, the DMD era. I'm, I'm all for Brit. That's that's your future champion. That's hey, your look, next AW Women's Champion. Look, I'll be I'll be the first to say I used to give Brit a lot of crap, okay? But you know what, man? She's won me over. She deserves to get a push with that title. I think they should have done it even last month or the last pay-per-view by that point, especially after the Thunder Rosa match where it was a bloodbath. I felt mm-hmm. that was the time to really pull the trigger. But you know what, man? She's improved leaps and bounds, and I do think she's truly on her way to getting that women's title. I mean, if Sheeta drops it this like tomorrow, I don't know if she will or not. Either way, I think she's getting it by the next pay-per-view. I've got no qualms about that. I can almost guarantee that Sheeta is dropping that title to, uh, to um, Britt Baker right. tomorrow. Um, speaking of this segment, there was a little controversy because apparently the Spanish commentary, I think his name is Willie Urbina or Urbana, he apparently was making fun of the Asian accent. Yes, yes. And, right. and apparently Dasha Fuentes and Thunder Rosa were with him and were reported to be sort of laughing it up and egging him on. Oh, now, God. I don't know if that's true or not, but Willie Urbina was fired right away. Oh, did he get then, fired? Yeah, he's, he's been fired already. Oh, shit. Um, I know he, so he said he, it on a live mic, right? I, well, I don't know. I don't listen to Spanish commentary, but uh, right, I right. guess it happened really quickly, so it must have been. Shit. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know he got fired, but if, if that's all true, I mean, he deserves to get fired. Yeah, well, the the you know, well, the IWC is that, well, why, why haven't Dasha and Thunder Rosa been reprimanded as well? Ah. Uh. I mean, Look, I don't know what their involvement was. I mean, there's a picture of them posing together, smiling, but it's clearly daylight. And the, this happened during nighttime. So that picture obviously wasn't right in the aftermath <laughs> well, of whatever this was. Even if they were laughing, right? People, I mean, come on, people. They could have been laughing because of, of what he said and how bad it is. You know, that nervous laugh that you would do sometimes, right? It could so, have been that. Right, they so, could have been laughing about something else too. They could have just been smiling right. because they're happy to be watching live wrestling and there's crowds. Yeah. The, the, the fans might have been saying so. Who knows? Whatever. It is. Listen, the, the bottom line is whatever it is, I'm sure it more will come out. Yep. But the Spanish commentary guy isn't as important as Thunder Rosa is. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa is on loan from NWA, but yep. she gets paid. She also has her Mission Pro women, a lot of them work for AEW, Red Velvet is one of those. Um, and a lot of the others also get supplemental work at, at her indie. So I think they want to keep her happy. Right. Um, Dasha, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think Dasha's good at her job, but I mean, no, definitely. You know, we've, we've seen with WWE that, that those jobs seem to be rather fungible, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but both of those women hold more important roles than the Spanish commentary guy. I agree, 100%. Anyway, more to come on that, I'm sure, but uh, maybe it'll just pass over. Anyway, we get the, uh, the 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 tag team of two singles young stars who have been put together in a tag team because there's nothing else for them, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, versus the OG Dark Order of Evil Uno, the imposter, and Stu Grayson. Um the story is that the Dark Order has better teamwork and they're more or less dominating the match, but at some point a, a, a switch just gets flipped and um, Scorpio Sky puts on the Scorpio uh, lock 
and Ethan Page does, I forget what he calls it, but they both put on their finishers at the same time. And one of the Dark Order taps out and the other one gets pinned basically simultaneously. So the bad guys win. And then Darby comes in leading a parade of fake stings, um, which might've been members of the Dark Order or might've been members of Cody's school or maybe both. I think they were Cody's students so that they could get paid twice. Um, and so anyway, the Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky or both of them are beating up the fake stings, but around fake sting number five, he no-sells the punches and it turns out it's real sting and they replay the thing from 20 something years ago where sting <laughs> takes off the fake sting master reveal right. it's regular sting. Yep. His, his paint is still smudged from earlier in the night. They didn't even fix his paint. <laughs> the heels escape. Okay. That, you know, I, I thought that I was- I get you. Right, right. Yeah. That was too much. That was one of the things like like there was like up there with Cody and like one or the other would have been, you know, shrug, but two of them in the same night, that was too much for me. And that's what I was gonna say. Didn't they come out earlier? <laughs> like Yeah, you know? well, but but not in black sweats right. and, and a sting mask. Um right, right. we learn now that there's a buy-in match. I have never understood what the buy-in match is. I mean it's a clever name, but I thought originally if you won that match, you got a, a a match on the card or you got into the casino battle royal right. it was never that the buy-in match is just a nice name for i guess pre-show and it's the nwa women's title serena deep facing riho um there's no way rio's getting the nwa yeah i agree and serena deep she's a great wrestler like i said and i don't see her <laughs> dropping that belt to rio either so and i like rio i know that's not the popular opinion but uh, I think she's not as bad as people like to give her crap for. You know what I'm saying? I think she's a lot better than what people think. But that's just me. But anyway, continue on. She's good at wrestling. She's just really right. small. And it doesn't look like there's anything behind her moves. I mean, you know, I, I know that people like Daniel Bryan are small. And I'm a sizer, so I'm, I'm okay with not liking wrestlers because they're too small. Right, right. But, you know, Daniel Bryan, even when he was... He's still stocky, he's still a 180 pound to 200 pound oh, man. Right. If he hits you, it's gonna hurt you. I mean, a 200 pound man can hurt a 300 pound man. A 98 pound woman can't really hurt a, you know, 150 pound woman. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It just <laughs> it just looks like there's no velocity behind. I anything agree. I I agree. I agree. They then announced everybody in the casino battle royal. I didn't write it down, so I can't tell you who it is. But you know, there's there's a bun there's a bunch of you know fairly big names and a bunch of not so big names like Seidel. Uh, Twenty one is open. We don't know who it is. I'm saying right now, I think it's going to be Paul White announcing himself and walking on in there. He's not going to win it. I still think Chris Christian's going to win, despite the uh, the hokey dokey with Powerhouse Hobbs because wrestling one would. One on one would tell you that the Hobbs would be the one to eliminate Christian, or they'll eliminate each other. But uh, I think that Christian's actually going to eliminate Hobbs, and they may be the last two in there. But Hobbs may be the one who eliminates the Big Show uh, to, you know, to make him look strong. I agree. The only yeah. person who thinks that people want to see Eric Bischoff on TV appear to be Eric Bischoff and the Elite because they keep bringing Eric Bischoff on. Uh, <sighs> Right. This is probably a Jericho idea. Anyway, he hosted a celebration of the inner circle. They did the greatest hits package on the on the Tron, which was pretty good. Went a little bit long, but it was good. It was entertaining. 
And then they took turns doing promos. Santana probably spoke the longest and he was pretty good. Ortiz spoke the least. Uh, Hagar actually sounded okay in a promo, which is sort of rare. And Guevara, I don't know. If I've read between the lines enough, I'm pretty sure he's turning. I'm pretty sure he's the reason that, that the inner circle is going to lose. Mm, you think because of Guevara? Yeah, like he's like saying, you know, then I, I, I got kicked out of the inner circle. I quit the inner circle. It was a big mistake and I'm really sad. See, I thought the storyline was that that was fake because they were talking on the phone every right, day. Jericho yeah, made right, it right. But it wasn't fake. So I think he's still going to be like he harbors some resentment. And he's always like the, the one I'm going to fight all of you. I'll fight you all one on one. And I think the thing is he's going to say, I was ready to die. These guys were ready to die. But you, old man, you couldn't carry the weight. And you're the one you want to be front and center, but all you were was holding the rest of us back the whole time. MJF was telling the truth. And then the pinnacle will get a little bit bloated and we'll finally get at some point the MJF. So, so you think Guevara. you yeah. think that Sammy Guevara will actually join the pinnacle? Well, either that or he'll be alone or he'll just walk out on them and be a lone wolf. Um, right. We'll get to that with predictions anyway. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I've got something to say about that, but we'll wait till the predictions. Till we okay. start naming out the predictions, but anyway, yeah, continue on. Ah, well, yeah, well, anyway, they were interrupted by by the pinnacle on the on the screen. It was MJF with Wardlow behind him, and basically they uh, they sort of part the view to reveal that Dean Malenko is being held hostage. She's tied to a goalpost, <laughs> and they're they're like like ah. Bond villains. They're going to kill him unless the inner circle saves him. You know, before the giant birthday cake uh, candles burn down and. <laughs> And a rope burns and uh, this anvil falls onto Batman's head. Um, so the inner circle's running to the stadium and through one of the tunnels, they get ambushed from behind by other members of the pinnacle, which was actually pretty good. It was actually smart. Um, it was pretty b- brutal. They fought into the, uh, into the stadium, onto the playing field itself. Uh, they were using chairs and, and the pinnacle is the one using the weapons. They were, they were on the offense the entire time, inner circle on defense the entire time. And at one point, um, FTR did joint pile drivers to Santana or, and Ortiz off of sort of where the, the stands end onto the field. There's like a, there's like a, a drop down there yeah, and there yeah. were two tables set up and they pile drove them both through tables at the same time, simultaneous um and uh spears was using chairs to be the chairman and basically they clobbered the the members of the inner circle and the the keels stood tall and that was that was the aw car so i guess pretty good show so i guess the inner circle are going over if we're going by the way they booked this well i already botched my prediction by telling us that's turning so i'm gonna go with no because this should have ended at blood of guts we're we're Weird, yeah, I agree. To the third time. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But, but yeah, we'll get into that. But wrestling logic should tell you that the the faces should win this one. And, and right. what are they going to have a jousting match with like electric <laughs> lances? Don't say that, because <laughs> they probably would. But uh, <laughs> well, look, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, and even like I said, I'll get into that once we get into predictions, because no point in me getting into it right now. But uh, I've got a bit to say about that. So anyway, let's move on. Where are we? We're done. The show, the show oh, we're done. So we're, we're, yeah. so we're done. All yeah. right. So, so we we can get into predictions right now. Sure. All right. Now, there's not in any particular order, and I've been trying to put in order where I think the matches will be sort of 
placed, but uh, that shouldn't really matter. So let's get into you know what? Let's get into the um, the pre-show match between Serena Deeb and Riho. We both agreed before pretty much that Serena Deeb is going over in this match. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the to the Casino Battle Royal. So now I'm not even going to bother naming everybody. I mean, I can see him. I don't have an actual list of names, but we've got. I'll just name a few relevant people that are in here. Like for example, we have got Matt Hardy. We've got Max Caster, who I'm seriously starting to like. The more and more I see this kid, actually, he's not even a kid. I looked up his age, and he's 32 years old. So. <laughs> he's not a kid but still they I like, the, I like the acclaimed uh, I think they're act as fun yeah I think that they're good but uh, they're but they're attacked so right yeah. right well they seem to have been pushing Max Caster because one of them was hurt Bowens was oh, hurt oh yeah you're right you're right that's true but anyway I think Max Caster though has got a lot of charisma and, and he could be a future star but they better do it pretty fast because he's not getting any younger but we got Jungle Boy <laughs> yeah right exactly I, I feel the same way We've also got uh, Pillman Jr. and uh, and Lenny Lane wannabe. What's his name again? I've forgotten Griff his name. Griff Garrison. Already. Griff Garrison, that's the one. And, uh, you know, I guess that's about it. That's relevant. Dustin's in there. Oh, yeah, Hobbs Dustin, is in there. Hobbs is in there. And also uh, Sean Spears is in there. And Sean the Spears is in the Casino Battle Royal? You know what? I, I see a picture of him right here, right? Which is true because the inner circle match, right? And the pinnacle. Right. Now, I don't know okay. if that's a misprint, but it's I've seen it right here. Yeah, it probably is. So, yeah, that's that's about it. And I think we both agree that Christian will win this and that Paul White will be the 21st entrant. True? Correct. Do you want to make like a dark horse free agent pick? Um, All right. F- fuck it. The, instead of... Because it's obvious that Christian's going to win this, but uh, yeah, okay, this. No, no, that. I mean, well, we could do. You could do a dark horse pick to win. I was, I was actually talking about a, like a someone different than Paul White being twenty-one if they want to surprise us. Okay, with a, well, have you got anyone in mind? <laughs> well, I guess Daniel Bryan's probably the only free agent uh, out there that would, that would that's available that would get any noise. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with they think something's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. I'm going to go with Baby Boy Smith Jr., even though I think it's Paul White, but this is this is my alternative. Okay, that, that's a great pick, and I'd love to see that. I think right now the fact that he's not signed to WWE or AEW is a travesty. I mean, how good does he look right now, man? Yeah, it's great. I, I like Davey. I, I actually said it the other day that if there was one guy in wrestling that wasn't a top-tier star that I'd like to interview, it would be Davey Boy Smith Jr. just because he's Definitely. got so many connections to so many so many people in, in so many areas. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And, and we also know that he's a little bit nuts and has done some heroic but crazy things <laughs> in real he's life. He's nuts, definitely, man. I mean, he's man, he looks like a million bucks. He legitimately could beat someone up, I think, right? Well, he's also doing martial arts. Like, yeah, he's, he is. He's like, right. up to like a blue belt or something. Yes, and, no, you're and right. Whatever it is. No, you're spot on. But uh, as far as the Dark Horse pick, oh, it's hard. You know, I'd probably... The, the the one that makes sense is what you just said, David Boy Smith Jr. I mean, if anyone could pop up, it's him. Daniel Bryan, I don't see it. I just don't see it. What about it. Tessa? Oh. Or someone from Impact. You think like a Rich Swan or a Moose, they, they, they'd throw up. A they Moose? Up. If it was a Moose, that would be brilliant. I think that would be absolutely brilliant. But anybody else from Impact Wrestling other than Moose wouldn't have the same impact. That's just my opinion. 
I agree. I, there's probably a hundred thousand people out there who think that Sammy Callahan is a big deal. Oh, Most can. people look go, who's that short fat guy? Yeah, enough. Screw him. I never rated him before he went to NXT. I didn't rate him at NXT as Solomon Crow. I don't rate him even right now in Impact Wrestling, even when he won the world title. I couldn't care less about Sammy Callahan. No offense to you, man. I just, I don't, I just think he looks like a grub. It's just he's he's not a big deal. He's, he's he has not. a mixed past, but he's he's all right. I don't I don't dislike him. I mean, I've liked him. In, I liked him in Lucha. I think he's been all right. Right, but everybody in was better with, in Lucha. But, but he but that it's not a big deal. Him being no. there isn't a big deal. It's it, it's exactly what you might expect. It's either Moose or nothing. If if we're going from the Impact roster, it's got to be Moose. I mean, you know what? Hell, that's my uh, dark horse. Moose at 21 and to win the whole thing. Other than Christian. Good. Other than Christian. Only because it makes sense storyline-wise, right? Sure. So it, why not? It could, uh, of course, but Moose's contract you know, may or may not be running out or may or may not be extended so we we don't know but um no i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with paul white i'm gonna stick with christian winning because christian's definitely gonna be in the title picture but i guess this is some way to make an excuse why he didn't have to outwork everyone to get there i agree with you i'm gonna stick with christian and paul white as well but the dark horse is moose that for me so we'll see what happens i I like that pick well dark horse to win i would say i'll go with powerhouse hobbs why not Hmm. all right yeah We'll see. That, that, I mean, that could make sense. I mean, yeah, but I don't see it happening, but it is what it is. But then we move on to Anthony Gogo against Cody Rhodes. What, the fact that he's going to be in Gogo's corner and Arn Anderson will be with Cody. So You know who I'd like to see? I'm sorry to go back to the casino battle. Oh, anymore, no, go for it. Please. Uh, someone who I would like to see win it is Nick Camarado. He's in the, he's in the, he's in that battle Royal. Right. And this would be a great way to get him over. He's, he, I mean, he's a beast. It looks like Haku and Billy Jack had a, had a kid. Billy Jack Haynes, right. It's a good, that's a, I was going to say a bruiser Browdy with a Billy Jack Haynes sort of mixture, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I can yeah, see. He's got, he's got like the Haku hair, but, um, right. No, I can I, see that. But I, that, that would be really cool. And that would be a way to get him over. I'm just not sure if they are able to focus on two guys from the factory at the same time. But if they are, um, you know, if, if Hobbs and Christian knock each other out, Camarado getting rid of the big show would be, and winning this would be a pretty good way to, you know, get him over and then get him a title shot somewhere down the, down the road and keep the factory relevant, which you know they want to do because they owe, because apparently QT is naked pictures of all of them. God. Anyway, well, look, Nick Camarado, he looks like a million bucks, right? He really does. I mean, he looks like a professional wrestler, a big bad dude as well. He looks, but knowing AEW, they can make a star right now if they really wanted to. They could, and he could be a monster heel. Mm -hmm. But because of bullshit politics in professional wrestling, it's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, not anytime soon. Marco I mean, Stunt has a better chance of winning than yeah. Danny Camarado does. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're right. And how sh- crazy is that, right? The fact that you just said Marco Stunt's got a better chance is friggin' true. And I hate to say it, but it is. It, it's true. That guy has no business being in professional wrestling, in my opinion. And someone like a Nick Camarado, who looks like a monster, unfortunately, is going to be booked like a jobber for now. You know, it is what it is. I hope I'm wrong. But I just, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Maybe in the future they will. They'll be dumb not to. I mean, let's be real. 
I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, I thought they were going to do something when he no sold the, the the wood chair shop, but then right, it, they seem to forget about that. But maybe it is this is it. I don't know. I'm starting to convince myself. But whenever I start to convince my myself of things, I have to remember this is predictions. I'm on the record. I can't do wishful thinking. <laughs> no, I, so it's gonna... good that you have though, because we need to get it out there anyway, Jeff. I mean, come on. Uh, they, they should be look if everything was done properly without any politics he would be pushed there's no ifs or buts about it i'm sure they can see what we're seeing yeah so i mean we'll see true enough so okay, anyway, i'm sorry you, you were getting into the next the next match no no no. don't be sorry i'm glad you actually went back to that because we needed to speak about it but anyway it was no, anthony really sorry right well it was anthony Ogogo with the factory versus cody rhodes with arn anderson so it's not a flag match. It's a nothing match. Uh, I assume Cody's going over in this. I'm going to go with the go-go, and I think he's still he's going to drape the flag, even if it's not a flag match. And then when Cody comes back from paternity leave or whatever, it will be a formal flag match, and of course Cody will go over but then. Sort of like when Brody Lee destroyed Cody right, and then Cody right. came back and, and won the title in the strap match that the stipulation made no sense. I'm just happy that Cody didn't put a stipulation in this that didn't make any sense. Like he he, he asked for a tape fist match with a boxer. <laughs> How dumb can you be, right? Well, he asked for a strap. Well, well, Brody. I mean, they've had a lot of the, the stipulations where the wrong guy asked for the stipulation. Right, the stipulation right. made no sense. So, yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, you're probably right. right. So splitting. That's okay. It's no, no, okay you're probably split. right. You're probably right. You're probably the when you yeah. the way you put it. No, no, really. My heart tells me Cody, but my brain tells me a go go. If we're gonna move on, if we're gonna keep going with this feud, and like you said, you think they're gonna lead to a flag match, then a go go is the way to go. But I'll stick to my pick, so I'll, I'll stick with Cody. Just saying that nobody remembers the Rocky lost in Rocky. Right, <laughs> it's true. That's very true. But then we move on to the TNT Championship between Miro and Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner. This one is an easy pick, I think, and I'm going to go with Miro all the way. I'm going to go with Miro, but I'm going to, I'm going to like in pool, I'm going to call a bank shot to make things more difficult. Jake somehow botches things up for Archer and, and those two break up. You think? Because Archer think can't be a it? face with Jake Roberts in his corner. Okay, that's interesting. We'll see, but um, that's that's an interesting uh, sort of uh, dilemma here. But like I said, if it is, J- can you see Jake in Miro's corner possibly? I could, but he doesn't need him. Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. Well, next, I'm gonna. Uh, I think, and I'll, and like I said, I'm in no particular order. I'm only going by what I think possibly is the inner circle against the pinnacle in a stampede match. And if the inner, if the inner circle lose, they must disband. So we got the pinnacle against the inner circle. I know you kind of like hinted at this before. I assume you're going for the pinnacle in this match, right, Jeff? I'm going for the pinnacle, but I noticed something today that the um, the inner circle's original logo looks a whole lot like a Lovecraft symbol. <laughs> Do you think so there's something to that? They might be by the Illuminati. <laughs> Look, Jericho is into all that stuff. I don't know if you know that. I've actually... Have you heard of the show Coast to Coast AM? I have heard of the... Sure. Art Bell? Yes, Art Bell. And uh, right now... What, me? How do I know? I have a show called Garden of Doom, my friend. 
Hey, you'd be surprised how many people that have got their own shows that are like that, right? I, I don't know one, coast one, to coast. One and one know something funny. Go, the, go. The, the, the the Art Bell thing is what what led me to Brian Alvarez, not the reverse. Uh, wait, are you talking about his old uh, conspiracy show that he used to have, the Darkness something? Yeah, yeah Art. Yeah, Alvarez and Art like. Art Bell was like Alvarez's hero and like his introduction to radio or something right, like that. Right. That's and true, and right. they did shows together and all sorts of things. And that led me to figure four online, not the reverse, wow. which is what makes sense. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so, I, have a, I, I have a show with a guy who thinks that, that, that believes that there's cryptos, that Satan is in the internet right now and that there's a new world order. Yeah, that new world order, not. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, and with the, the 10 bloodlines and that the royal family, uh, the Habsburg royal family rules the world through the British monarchy. So, <laughs> hey, listen to Garden of Doom. It dropped, it dropped tonight. It's there. It's a good and segue. he to be an aristocrat from both sides of his family. <laughs> well, I just want to say, sorry for, if, well, I know I didn't offend you, but you'd be, you'd be surprised. I kid you not. People that have these type of shows like yourself, right, with Garden of Doom, and this is why I'm asking you, they don't have a clue who, not only who Art Bell is, who's a legend in his field, but don't know what Coast to Coast AM is. Dude, I've been a fan of Coast to Coast AM and Art Bell for years. And I'm oh, all the way from Australia, and I'm talking about American friends here that actually don't know what Coast to Coast AM is. So excuse me well, for now, asking. Now you're going to tell me they don't know who Von Danigan is, they don't know who Stitchin is, they, they don't know who hey. Brad Hancock is, they don't know who Cliff Dunning is. They don't probably know who don't know who, is. Right, they probably don't know who Von Danigan is. And Sitchin. And I'm, I'm being serious, but I was going to say, my point was Jericho. I've heard Jericho. Well, you know what? We're not taking them to our Garth. <laughs> no chance. No but drill it, for them. Right. And in saying that, though, um, Jericho has been on Coast to Coast AM on numerous occasions, believe it or not. So you saying about the Inner Circle logo, the original one, looking like a Illuminati-esque type of logo? Doesn't it surprise looks like me. It looks like a Lovecraft incantation design. I, I'm telling you. Uh, well, maybe when Jericho and the Inner Circle lose, he'll have plenty of time in his hands, and maybe I'll have him on my show. Hey, hey! I'm, like I said, he's very much into that. Any into the paranormal? True, true story. Um, you know who might come on the show, though he's a bit of a flake. Who? Um, PJ Black. He is all into that stuff, and he really? wants to talk to me about South African shamans. And he brought up the Anunnaki and and all. He's like, he he said that's my jam. So I'm like, hey, I do a show. Want to come on? And he's like, I'd love to. And then like I, I you know, but he I won't hear from him for like three and a half weeks at a time. I don't want to like throw any names under the <laughs> anyone under the bus, but it's the same situation with me and Stevie Richards. I'm mm. supposed to have him on my show, and he agreed. And me, me and him have, have spoken, like we're friends, we've spoken over the years plenty of times. But I, I also, right, well, I also got told you got to bust his chops a little bit. And I don't want to like keep asking and asking and asking, but you know what? Maybe you got to do the same thing with PJ Black. I mean, you just got to ask him again, man. And I think I'm going to do the same thing with Stevie. So, truth be told, is I'm booked basically solid through the fall and I have a lot of uh, irons in the fire, but I'd love <laughs> to have my, if, if he came and I would just do two shows a week if he wanted right. to be like regular. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, you heard it here first, folks, so <laughs> that'd be awesome. Or, he, or we could have two hosts and a guest. I mean, we could do that too. <laughs> you hear that, PJ? Get yeah, back. PJ, I, I'll make room for you. I don't, I don't need to be a star baby to play in, the, in my show. 
I've got the Sorry. moves. You've got the motion. We got together. We'd be causing the commotion. Oh, oh God, Jeff, you're the star. You're the star baby, right? Sure. Star <laughs> star babies come from uh, star men, which is an <laughs> yes. ancient word for Pharaoh. So yeah. right, exactly, spot on. So anyway, yeah. back to. <laughs> Back, back to, to Cody the, Rhodes. Back to the stadium. <laughs> no, the stadium stampede match between. No, Pharaoh. That's his dog's name. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's true. I know. See, back to Cody. But um, so so you think the Pinnacle are going to go over in this match, and the Inner Circle are going to disband? Wrestling 101 tells you that the Inner Circle should win this one, but where the hell do they go with this? Yes, I, I'm sticking to what I said before, yeah, and and, and I'm not going to do the prediction like with Jake Roberts that Sammy's definitely doing it, but I think that's what's going to happen. So. You know, if I if if I'm right about that, I don't get to to take a victory lap about it. I just, but I do think the inner circle loses. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there. If we have Maybe an inner Dean circle, turns on them. Maybe Dean Malenko screws them. No, you know what I was actually gonna say, Tito and, and Santana. I mean Tito and Tito Santana. Santana? <laughs> you see what I just did there? God damn it! Arriba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. T- <laughs> He, I mean, comes Ortiz, out of the I mean, door and has right, a right, yeah. in there. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I don't know why I've got Tito Santana in my head, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, what I was mean, to, what I was meant to say was Ortiz and Santana possibly mm-hmm. turning on the inner circle because when you think about it, they've been used like shit, right? These guys need to get their comeuppance for once, which they haven't gotten. And if the inner circle lose. I'm going to dare say that LAX might be the ones that turn. If I could see that. I just, they just have so many heel tag teams, but I could see if Sammy walked down that the Santana and Ortiz sort of follow him. Yeah. I could see that stays too. Behind. Right. You know, die dies protecting his, his, uh, his master. Well, in saying that though, I'm going to stick with the inner circle. Although now I'm truly starting to believe someone's going to turn. So if they do lose, I'm going to stick within a circle, but if they do lose, I think it'll be Santana and Ortiz that actually turn. Fair enough. All right, but in saying that, we've got the Young Bucks and Moxley and Eddie Kickson for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Who you got here, Jeff? They've gone through a lot of trouble to get the Bucks the title. They've, they've, and, and they've teased the Kingston ankle or knee injury. Just enough to not make it so obvious that he's going to overcome that odd. Uh, I, but I think that enough to that, you know, if you're a keen wrestling observer, it's going to come into play. But I think it's too soon to take the belts off off the box. I know, I think most people think Kingston and Moxley are going to get it just because mishmash teams like that tend to do it. And But no, I, I, I think the Bucks hold on to the belts. I agree 100%. And the only reason why I say that is because Moxie's only in this position right now because his wife's about to have a kid and then he's going to be off television for a few weeks or months, whatever it's going to be. So no way they're going to win the tag belts. He's just in this position once again just because of his wife. And I heard yeah. somebody, like I heard like, like a mainstream podcaster, like very popular, like more, pop, like more popular than I could ever dream to be. Okay. Say, Moxley doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would take time off. I'm like, what are you talking about? He disappeared for like five weeks after he lost the title. Right. <laughs> uh, well, whoever that person is, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say to that person. Right. So, yeah, um, I agree. I think we can just move on from that. It's definitely the sure. Bucks that are going to go over. Now, next, we have Hangman Page against everybody's favorite big guy, 
Brian Cage. So we got a page in a cage with Taz. Is this for the FTW belt? That doesn't no. even matter. All right. Yeah, it's not for the FTW belt. Listen, Hangman Page is winning this. If he doesn't, he's forever mired in mediocrity. And I'm going to call this one also. There's a breakup between Taz and Cage. Cage mm. is turning face, and and Taz or Hook or someone does something stupid and costs him the match, and and he he goes off like destroying poor Hook. You know, and, and, hey, and good. you know, Taz like does a Bobby Heenan runs away and falls and slips and like, you know, beer. I get you, I get you, right. No, yeah, I agree. Hangman Page is a hundred percent going over. Again, Brian Cage has been used like like an idiot. I'm I'm gonna say it now. This guy is big for nothing. He's not scary. I actually don't even rate him as a professional wrestler. Sure, he was great in Lucha Underground. But the fact that he lost to Tessa Blanchard in, in Impact Wrestling has forever tarnished his his whole persona to me. So, yep, Hangman Page, for me, I don't know if anyone's going to turn, though, but definitely Hangman Page is going over. So then we move on to Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Eh, another one that's predictable, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're not putting Sting in his first match in six years to lose. Right, <laughs> that's... That's all you need to say. I mean, we can just move on from that because I agree. Sure. Sting and Darby are definitely going over in that match. Now, don't mind me because my fingers... I'm trying to get the damn page. I, know, I thought you were studying like uh, demographics and, and money charts, thinking about where to invest your TD Ameritrade accounts, your Bitcoin <laughs> and your Dogecoin, making moves. Dogecoin, hey, there you go. Right. To the moon! <laughs> anyway... We move on to Hikari Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD with Rebel, not Rebel, or whatever the hell, Eva, not Rebel. No, 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 right. <laughs> For the AEW Women's World Championship. Again, seems predictable, Jeff. I mean, surely Britt Baker's going over here. No one gives a Shida about Shida. Britt Ooh, Baker wins. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. And please tell me. Who the hell is Reba and why is she here? Reba was rebel in Impact. She is. She was hired with AEW to do like stylist, be like makeup and hair. And Thank you. That's what she should stick with. No offense. The whole thing works for me. It's fine. I mean, she didn't need to be in any wrestling matches, but aside no. from that, it's fine. You know, Britt could have another wrestler flunky. They have enough people there that aren't doing anything. Right. I just don't think she looks like a professional wrestler. That's my well, she's problem. she's not. She stopped wrestling for years. Right, exactly. So, why she's there, she looks like... Look, I don't want to be derogatory to anybody. Hopefully, no one gets offended by what I'm about to say. But she just looks like a, any female off the street that's just had a kid. I don't know. Mel, Melbourne must be a nice-looking town because <laughs> she doesn't look like most of the women I see. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I, I live at home with La Sicaria, who's absolutely ridiculously good-looking. So um, <laughs> so she looks worse than most women, I see, because I only see one woman. But You're a um, lucky man, Jeff. <laughs> I really, really am. Um, <laughs> now, uh, you know, she doesn't need to be in any wrestling matches. Again, like I said, they could, they could give Rick three underlings. It wouldn't matter. They have so many bodies there that aren't doing anything. Yeah, I just don't think she needs it, me personally, you know? No, I don't either, but it's fine. The whole act works. I mean, when she was being rolled around on the in the uh, wheelchair and the role model, it, it all worked. But you're, you're, you're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. 
<laughs> anyway, Britt Baker's going over in that match, no doubt about it. Yep. But then we've got the big one, Jeff, for the AEW World Championship, which is Puck versus Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy. I mean, this one is obvious again. Oh, yeah. God. The more I look at this pay-per-view, the more predictable this, this show really is. I mean, Kenny surely is going over again, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the only question is a remote one. Is somebody from Impact going to get involved in that? And will it be Moose? That, Logic you know, tells you... That would, that would be after the win, though, not not before. Ken, Kenny is winning this match. So, yeah, that, that's for sure. I am... I really don't want to pay $50 for this paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I didn't want to do it last time and I re, I bought it last minute. I reluctantly did it, uh, you know, because I have a show and I'm responsible and all that other good stuff. And then there was the fizzle down. I'm like, never again. And I'm just like, oh, no, Dude, I can't believe I have to do this. I take my hat off to you for, <laughs> for paying that much. I'm not going to lie. I'm... <laughs> I don't know if I if I want to pay that much for the pay-per-view. I already pay AEW week in, week out just to watch Dynamite on Fight TV. So and that's and that's enough as it is. But uh yeah. Kenny's going over. If they want to make this impact AEW thing some sort of like a meaning a meaning with some sort of meaning to it, then yeah, have Moose come out in this match. I think that all depends though. As bizarre as it sounds, that's the only way that Impact gets to keep Moose on any way, shape, the or form. The only if way. If can get AEW checks, too. Yep, that's the only way. I agree 100%. And in saying that, I mean, it is what it is. And I think that's about it, Jeff. I mean, we've covered everything we could. And um, and thank you for, for being the new the new co-host to The Skirmish. If our, in case you haven't wondered, like I'm talking about our listeners right here, we're going with a with a little bit of a different format where we will cover NXT as well from this day going forward, and um, and we will be covering the the AEW Double or Nothing pay per view, no doubt about it. The second it finishes, but um, in saying that, Jeff, thank you for being on the show, man. It's been a pleasure as per usual, and um, please like get your stuff in, man. Well, Hammerlock Hangover is a wrestling podcast that's proudly on the Rational Rage Network. Um, if you want to hear the back catalog, you can find it on anywhere where podcasts are found, Spreaker, Spotify, Podbean, I think, Apple, uh, et cetera. Uh, Garden the Doom is my non-wrestling podcast. I think I've sold that a couple times here. Again, same thing. There are a bunch of shows on Rational Rage, uh, but I don't think they've gotten them all up there. So if you want to check them out, same thing. You can find it on all major platforms as well. Um, I'm also part of the Unpopular Review cast. That's a YouTube and Facebook. There's also Twitter, Periscope, a couple of other places. But, you know, follow, subscribe on YouTube, and you'll always get notifications. There's entertainment shows as well. But I'm on the Raw Review Show, which is Monday night around 11.15 p.m. Eastern Time U.S. Um, Sometimes some other shows too. We, we did some ad hoc shows like last Wednesday, we did a top 10 WWE main roster heroes of the pandemic where we had six different hosts with six different lists. So that was fun. We might do the same thing this week for NXT and AEW. We'll see. Um, but yeah, check it out. There's some fun stuff there. It's, it's quality content and the hosts are fun and it's rarely the same duo any night. Um, so yeah, that's basically where I am. If you want to follow me on Twitter, IcarusFellMD. Also, Hammerlock Hangover is at Hammerlock HO. At Unpopular Review is at Unpopular Review. Uh, Hammerlock Hangover has a Facebook page. 
And Garden of Doom has a Facebook page too. Not groups, but pages. But I'm happy to interact with any of you on all those places. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. I understand that that's something that people care about. Um, but yeah, check them out. I think you'll like it. And in saying that, please like and subscribe to the rationalragenetwork.podbean.com. That'd be great. And also check out all, all our other shows on the Rational Rage Network, like uh, for one, The Skirmish. Yeah. Which, which is back it's, it's back home also check out uh spiros the the boss of the whole network his show rational rage which i'm also a co-host of which has been great lately i'm sure you guys will like it and if you like anything political or just or just stuff about everyday life you know what i mean please check that show out also he should, he should have a show and he should call it the final boss <laughs> the final boss no doubt you'll love that no, no doubt about it also check out castle and chicky's podcast adventures which has been a real hit and i'm proud to say that they're on the rational rage network and look out for this week's episode it's going to be a doozy it's going to be a wrestling related show and also it's going to be kev's birthday bash of a show so i can't wait for that yes i'm looking forward to that and that that about covers it you know what i mean so that's that that's jeff Lippman, aka the the foreign object I'm Jimmy T, and you've been listening to the Wednesday Night Skirmish. Peace. Peace out.
Another one of the guys that we called to make amends with when we had a change of heart. Eric, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for me during my career in WCW. And I want to thank you for being here with us tonight. Thank you very much, Chris. And I couldn't think of a better way to break Thank Chris Jericho than to show all of you this sweet little package we put together. Greatest tips. Let's take a look. Some pretty cool shit, huh, boys? But do y'all remember October 2nd, 2019? The night that everything changed for all of us. Hmm? The night that we created magic. And 18 months later, we're here standing stronger than ever, huh? And alongside that entire locker room, took this company and put it on our backs and carried it through a damn pandemic. And here we are, standing with the return of the best fans in wrestling today. If this is, if this is our last time together, if this truly is our last dance, I wouldn't have it any other way than with my brothers and in front of all of you. Yo, that was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. I've always been a believer it's about the journey, not the destination. So if this is the end of the inner circle, seeing video highlights of the good times is not what I want. Show me the hard times. Show me the times we've been beaten, bloodied, left with no choice. 
Show me the times each one of these men have left a part of their soul behind. Show me the hard times that make hard men. Those are the moments to be celebrated. circle and I didn't have you four guys backing me up having my back let me tell you I didn't like that at all and I'm gonna do everything in my power this Sunday to make sure that never happens again but if it does and this is the end thank you guys for everything sincerest apologies. Clearly, you were expecting somebody else. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell each and every one of you that this Sunday, Orange Cassidy is irrelevant. The only individual of any relevance in AW Double or Nothing is the man who's going to beat Kenny Omega and become the new AEW World Champion. Me, the bastard. So Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Is this really your prestigious title reign that you're all so proud of? Where you're ducking and you're dodging and you're manipulating. To be frank, Kenny, it's pathetic. So why don't you make amends right now? Why don't you get out here and stand face to face and we can show the whole world exactly what's gonna happen this Sunday at double or nothing. So where are you, Kenny? Huh? Where if are I, you? Did you actually think that I would get anywhere near you when I said I wanted to have a little confrontation with you? Do you think I would be in the same ring, much less even in the same building? Well, I'm not. But I'm here to tell you, you are a dangerous person. Kenny Omega and I are not very happy. You are a violent, aggressive, soulless sociopath, and we want nothing to do with you. So I'm not gonna come out. But, oh, look at this, Kenny Omega. Omega trying to, a cheap shot, but Pack was ready for it. With explosive offense, a man that could be the next AEW world champion. And oh, look at this, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. The reinforcements for Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion. The AEW World Champion's always got a plan. That's why many consider him the best in the world. And the other two members of Death Triangle, Ray Phoenix and Penta El Miedo, evening the odds here. 
those other gentlemen are running like scalded dogs, leaving their champion behind in the ring. Kenny Omega and Pack. Oh! You saw that foot come right in there. Omega could be looking for the one-winged angel. But before he has that opportunity, it's Orange Cassidy. Will Cassidy defer the title shot on Sunday? It'd be a fool to do that. Just got a, has got a good chance to anybody of leaving that ring as the AEW champion, Tony. Freshly squeezed. Oh, Kenny's got a paper cut. That's bad. <laughs> the contract offered by Omega and Cal's is shredded. And I think we've got Orange Cassidy's answer. Oh, I know we got his answer. And the Orange oh! Punch! Man, what a jumping right-handed punch. Could we be looking at the next AEW World Champion, Orange Cassidy? You darn right we... Whoa. One of these three men will leave this arena on Sunday night on pay-per-view as the AEW World Champion. That I know. Pack brings up Cassidy. Cassidy avoids contact. Orange punch to the bastard! There it is. That shows you he can do it. He can win the world title. Sunday night. Man, it's, it's like a three-point shooter that doesn't miss. <laughs> That's right. He thinks he's Steph Curry with a dangerous right hand. Sunday night live on pay-per-view. The AEW World Championship will be on the line in a three-way match. Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy.
You're listening to the Rational Rage Network.